Hello and welcome to the Minmax Show. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Suriel Vasquez. Jeff. Ciao. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> we have a lot to cover. What an exciting time. You know what I'd argue? I'd argue the Minmax Show is a good place to forget bad things. Yes. Great. Love it. That's we, a new motto. <laughs> <laughs> love it. We are going to talk about Call of Duty Warzone, the new free-to-play standalone Call of Duty game. Has everybody played it at this point? Yeah. Big time. Big time. Together. Great. Yeah, I guess we played it on that stream. Great go to yesterday. And the, down, the download took like a thousand years yesterday. I don't mm -hmm. know what's going on with that. Great. Like uh, that. And then we're going to talk about Ori and the Will of the Wisps a little bit. New mm -hmm. game out this week. Very exciting. Uh, Half-Life Black Mesa, the remake of the first Half-Life game. We're going to cover that in exhaustive detail. Ghost of Tsushima. There's a new story trailer. Talk about that. Uh, other things here and there. Then we have a very, very special guest joining us. But unfortunately, that guest needs to kick one of you out. Who's it going to be? Mm. Let's find Ooh. out halfway through the show. And then we're going to talk about the <laughs> the juggernaut in the industry. I, I mean, oh, the I new you're... story of the year in my mind that E3 yeah. is canceled because of the coronavirus. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. Is canceled this year. Might be a rough road back to reality overall for E3. So yeah. let's dive into it. We'll get uh, an expert's opinion. We're talking about The Last of Us uh, show on HBO, that announcement, uh, 2K, a ton of fun stuff. And then back after the show, uh, community questions as we open up the Minbox. A lot of great stuff there. Um, this is an exciting week for us. Some things are changing. You might have noticed. Things are evolving. Your face, for one. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hmm. Uh, yeah, if you missed that Minfax, our weekly Q&A stream during that, uh, when we revealed the new logo and the new merch for Minmax, which you can find at minmax.com slash merch. Two ends, somewhere in there. Uh, <laughs> but the new logo reveal, and then along with that, a new show reveal. A lot of other stuff we'll get into later, but then uh, I shaved my beard off in a very wacky way for people uh, watching or listening to MinFax, which is our Patreon Oh, you did a podcast. Live? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And I only did so it- So people could pay right now to watch you shave. Yeah. Yeah, oh. and I, cu I cut it into a silly cowboy shape and then impersonate <laughs> Earth and Morgan for a while. So if that's your cup of tea, <laughs> we're here to help you. Uh, but the reason I did it is like, oh, it'll be fun. It's fun to like dramatically- Change your face every once in a while mm. in a good way. And when Not you like, cut it, cut the rest off, did you say I'm going to finish Red Dead 2? That's right. And then you cut the rest of it off. Mm hmm. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, I was like, oh, it'll be fun. And plus, like, I haven't, I've had a beard for like two, three years, maybe something like that. Um, and my girlfriend was like, oh, I think I prefer like a clean shaven face. Remember, she said that a long time ago. And she's like, oh, this will freak her out. Cause she was complaining a lot about the big, gnarly beard. And so I shaved it all off and then. Surprised her, went over to her place, and she didn't She's know like, it was coming. Put it back, put it back. Uh, she goes, weird, and then tears. <laughs> not no. a fan. Because <laughs> she's like, this is not the person I love. This oh, no. is too oh, weird. And then she did the Laura Palmer scream at the end of Twin Peaks. <laughs> exactly. It was very sad. Oh, so she cried when she saw your actual face. Tears were rolling. Oh, yeah. boy. It was very rough. So, so I hope you like it. Do you think you'll grow it back a little bit? Oh, I'm actually pulling on each individual <laughs> hair to He's try and pull that on my face Squeezing as hard as he can. That's right. Um, but hey, uh, new logo. Thank you to uh, Jeff Wiggins, who's a graphic designer, who's been working on that for uh, months now. And so new logo, new YouTube thumbnails, a whole visual overhaul. He's been amazing for setting up like a whole visual guide for MinMax. And so he, if you, um, he was recommended by a couple fantastic people. And then like you might know his work from the IGN YouTube thumbnails, which at this point have to have been seen by... 30 billion people. They're just everywhere. And so I was like, wow, yeah. that guy's work is getting around. And so it was very nice. He's wonderful to work with. Uh, if you have any questions about the logo, please direct it his way on Twitter. Jeff Wiggins, <laughs> that guy. Uh, Do not tag Yozeti. <laughs> That's right. But we have a lot of fun announcements. Uh, 
First up, we have a music podcast, part of the podcast network now, called Mintrax, M-I-N-N-T-R-A-X, hosted by Matt Helgeson, former host of the Game Informer Show. You can find that in a separate standalone audio feed. It's not going to be a video podcast. It's just going to be audio just because YouTube will Music nuke us audio. from orbit. Yeah. yeah, it's a good point. It's a good way of looking <laughs> at it. Uh, other announcements this week. We announced what we're calling the cel- uh, the celebration of Final Fantasy VII. I always want to say compilation. There's a play off of that. This is the celebration of Final Fantasy VII uh, where we're actually playing through all of Dirge of Cerberus on the PlayStation 2, that Vincent Valentine game, making a commentary track, which is going to be Patreon only for Advent Children. We're going to stream all of Midgar and then that'll culminate with the deepest dive for the Final Fantasy VII remake, which we're only a month away from, folks. Crazy. Pretty wild. Uh, Let's see. More setting the table. Um, GDC is not happening. But (laughs) I'm still going out to San Francisco next week uh, to make some content for you all. I'm going to be guesting on some podcasts, it looks like, if they all don't get canceled from the coronavirus. Um, And so also I'm planning a community meetup for Minmax folks, it's going to be Zeitgeist on Thursday, March 19th at 7 p.m. There's a bar called Zeitgeist in San Francisco, and I'll be there. I understand with the virus, if you don't want to leave your home, totally get it. If I'm just sitting there drinking a beer by myself, zero hard feelings. But if you're in the area and you feel adventurous, uh, you can meet me at Zeitgeist Thursday uh, at 7 p.m. next week. That'll be fun. And Jeff will uh, take a bunch of pictures and send them back to you. Perfect. And vice versa. Great. Also, the fun doesn't stop here. This is going to keep rolling because here's an announcement. Uh, The next Deepest Dive. Well, we just announced it. It's a Final (laughs) Fantasy VII remake. Hell no, it's not. We can do more. Uh, So we're going to have a shorter Deepest Dive, which I understand is uh, an oxymoron or something. Um, We're going to have a shorter systems-focused Deepest Dive, two episodes for Animal Crossing New Horizons, which comes out next week, next Friday. I'm Mm. very excited about it. Uh, No one else at this table is very excited about it, but we have a backup crew of Animal Crossing experts, which I am very excited. It is like the Avengers hive mind of Animal Crossing expertise. You got Chris Evans? That's right, baby. (laughs) I mean, uh, Captain Marvel, she's like really into Animal Crossing, right? I forget. The actress, Brie Larson? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, she's really into Animal Crossing. I remember she like dressed up as Samus that one time for Halloween or something. That was very cool to see. Anyways, so yes, this is going to be airing on March 25th and April 1st. If you're not familiar with it, we're trying to make the deepest dive the best, most thorough discussion about a game on the internet. So we're going to be taking comments from the community about just your time playing Animal Crossing because there's no real story. It's not like you have to get up to a certain point. It's just, hey, in the first couple days when you're playing it, if you're a Patreon supporter, you can leave a piece of feedback and then we'll read it on air and just have a nice big chat about Animal Crossing. That'll be two episodes. I think it'd be kind of fun to also check in again like six months down the road. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, so it's kind of a loosey-goosey one, but Animal Crossing New Horizons, deepest dive. Thank you for supporting us so we can make this happen. Um, Okay, let's actually talk about some stuff. Call of Duty Warzone. Jeffem, yeah, you liked Modern Warfare. I did, uh, are, and you're a little bit of a battle royale guy. A little bit. I bounce off them pretty quick when yeah. I start playing them. Um, so, well, how's Warzone treating you? Good so far. I haven't bounced off it yet okay. after one night. That's a good sign. Uh, but yeah, I think it. I think it's probably my favorite battle royale so far. Really? Yeah. What about it? What stands out? I I think I have just been waiting for. A more grounded, you know, polished version of Battle Royale. Obviously, I mean, Epic makes a very polished game with Fortnite. 
not saying that they don't, but I just I could never get into the building aspect of Fortnite. So oh, I, sure. I just kind of wanted the large scale. I've always been a battlefield guy. I wanted that kind of experience as a battle royale. Obviously, they did. They've already done it with Black Ops Four. Well, uh, yeah, but I, something about this one works a little better for me. Really? What do you have any specifics, or just you tried Blackout? I, you know, and like, I think it, it it might just be. I understand all the systems better at this point. I did. I never got. I didn't get into. Was it also just called Warzone for Black Ops Four? Well, it's interesting. So it was called Blackout, but the interesting bit of history we have a video on our YouTube channel, kind of chronicling this, which I don't think other people are really talking about. But if you piece things together, uh, Blackout was originally the working title was Warzone, and then it Activision would not let them call it Warzone, even though Treyarch wanted to call Blackout Warzone. And now something must have changed after that year and a half where now maybe it, they got it worked its way through legal. Maybe the Halo developers were like, okay, you can use it after all or something. So Do you think that maybe it was because Blackout fits more with the Blackout name, with the Black Ops name, and they were like, well, then we can use Warzone for the next one. Maybe. And maybe that's they already had that plan in place. Yeah, and maybe that's why Vonderhaar was a little bit pissy about it. Yeah. I was like, well, we want the good name. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's a huge discussion too, is just the state of blackout it's such like years from now it's going to be just this weird anomaly i wouldn't be surprised if they shut it down after a while but like i love blackout so much i had such a good time with it uh when it came out and so now it's just like it feels just a tr- like a trial run mm-hmm. like a weird stepping stone from getting from PUBG, which blackout's very clearly inspired by uh and then okay here's blackout and now here's warzone which is evolving things even further and now and, blackout's left to die in the yeah, vine and to do it as what you would have to believe was the original intent all along to to do it as its own kind of standalone free to play service thing that's going to go on presumably right. forever. Yeah, yeah, and for so sure. I, I like that. And the other thing I think probably that's swaying me most is I like the gulag system yeah. of just you die and then after you die you get that one chance to do a one v one fight, and if you win that, then you get to come back in. Right, which. Yeah, it's weird because it's like it's taking what I think was the highlight of multiplayer for me, at least for Modern Warfare, of just gunfight. That was a super fun mode, mm-hmm. just the 2v2 mode. And it's like even using one of those maps. It's like, okay, one on one, here we go. And yep. it softens the pain of losing, which I kind of have mixed emotions on. Even like as Blackout went on and there are ways to get back in the match with like special events and stuff. I'm like, ah, I kind of like the you're down, you're out. Here we I, go. I for I guess for me it doesn't diminish that. Like I'm still on the edge of my seat and I jump every time I hear a gunshot as I'm playing through, you know, the larger fight. It's just that you also just get that extra second chance, which is also super tense too, because great, you, yeah. you know that you only have one shot at that as well. And and the thematically the way that they tie it into the world, I mean, it makes no sense that you're somehow getting captured after you've gotten shot <laughs> in the head. That stupid cutscene of you being dragged in yes. there over and over. Which, yeah. you, which you can skip at least. Yeah. But but it is it is nice that the idea that you're brought to this place and when you get there, if there's a queue already, you're up kind of in the in the you know, like the, the rafters. I, yeah, the yeah. rafters section with the other person that you're probably gonna fight and you watch a fight go on below you, which are the actual two people fighting to get out, and then and then they kick you down in there as the as the next group of people are watching you. And that's that's just an interesting and fun way to kind of sell that. Yeah. Throw the little rocks at them yeah. as they're fighting down there and stuff. And, and yeah. it's it's also it's I also like it as an addition because right now they only have squad teams, which is my biggest complaint that they don't just have a strictly solo queue for it. Yeah, so it's 
a trio. It's very Apex yeah. Legends out of yeah, the game. which you can choose to to go solo, but then you're just going up against groups anyway. Right. But but I like the what the gulag adds to that as well, where once your once your teammates are out, you still have that chance that okay, they're going to come back and they're going to help help me more and and even if they lose you can still buy their way out if you if you save up enough money and and yeah kind of buy a thing which sounded like it was going to be very complicated when all the leaks were coming out it sounded like its own whole system with missions and stuff but really you just have to find there are a ton of different cash out places basically where you can buy different weapons and stuff and it's just one of the options cool buy stations Kyle, what do you think about that because i know you're the world's number one fan of Radical Heights, the Battle Royale, which it seemed <laughs> yes. like was the big push for, hey, now you can buy things on the map. Even yeah. though it didn't make a huge impact when the game was released, it's still like, oh, there was one cool idea that then gets absorbed into the collective Battle Royale hive mind. Yeah, I mean, I the thing about Call of Duty that I always struggled with is like finding weapons that I really grow attached to because there's so many. Yeah. You know, so at this like early stage... Like, I haven't, because, like, ideally, after I play more and more, I'll be like, all right, I really love this gun. I'm comfortable with this gun. And then I'll be able to know to, like, buy it. Like, I'm not there yet. But I like that that option exists, you know. And I'm, I'm with Jeff. I like, I really like the gulag. I like being able to get yeah. back into it. Because the thing that always is frustrating with any other battle royale is, like, y- you know, you'll have your good runs. But then you also have that occasional more than occasional with, with me probably crappy run where it's like I just, I've been, I was out like in the first five minutes and it's like I went through all this trouble of like getting in the queue and it's going to take forever to get back into mm-hmm. the game but here at least you're still engaged in the combat and like you're still playing and there's that and, it, and then there's like that fun excitement if you do get to go back in you know so I, I, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot too like yeah. I, mm-hmm. it's, it feels like a, like a prettier blackout with all these kind of new additions and stuff like that yeah it's weird how like with the buy stations you can buy your loadout that's pulling from modern warfare. So you can like pull from your save loadouts. So I think it's a good system for like, okay, we're still rewarding people that well, have played yeah. a lot of modern warfare and have their loadouts set. Mm-hmm. You can kind of incorporate it. And yeah. if not, you can still build it up just manually. Yeah, and all the weapon blueprints that you're unlocking like throughout the seasons and the different missions and stuff, those are going into kind of your the loadout that you can build individually and also customize your perks and stuff. And you can it's it is kind of a weird system. You you can tell that it was the kind of situation where it's like well loadouts are a thing in modern warfare how are we going to get them into this multiplayer mode as Mm -hmm. well but you can also get them from crates that just randomly you know float down from the sky and yeah and i i have found enough use out of that where it's like okay i can create this really custom loadout with the guns that i actually have learned to like and and modified them how i want them it's just i'm not I'm not always going to get them, you know. Right, right. And, like, it's weird thinking about... But when you have that opportunity, then it's like, oh, well, you know, it landed 100 meters over there. Mm-hmm. Is it worth running out there? Because I don't... Because, obviously, other people are going to be running over there, too. So it's that kind of risk-reward situation, too. Which, yeah. It's interesting to see, like, how they're kind of streamlining the gun system, weapon system, item system overall. Like, okay, don't worry about attachments, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have... Weapons here, they're also floating a little bit off the ground so they could be seen a little bit easier, you know. And so, it's yeah. like, okay, it's interesting to see how they're evolving some of the ideas. And even, like, I was playing for a while, then I realized, oh, yeah, like, inventory management isn't really a thing. And, like, mm-hmm. Blackout, that was a big learning curve as they kept iterating the inventory system to try and make it snappier and snappier. And now it's just, yeah, you hold down on the D-pad, you can see your ammo, don't worry about it, let's go. Yeah, you know, drop it's just, some for friends and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just taking out some more of that 
Arma history through PUBG, through Blackout. Yes. You know, it's like, ah, we're just, let's go cleaner. Let's go which cleaner. Is, which is also why it's one of my favorites. You're not, you you never get stuck in a menu. You you kind of have your armor mm-hmm. pullouts, which is a nice addition to it. I, yeah. I appreciate having those. And then otherwise, whenever someone explodes and weapons fly everywhere, you're basically just picking, you know, the best, col- the rarest color ones out of it and and tailoring it to whatever type of weapon that you want. And yeah. you, you can just kind of on the fly figure out, well, this gun is probably going to be better for me based on that. Surreal, do you have any just mind-shattering thoughts on the map? I like that the TV station from Modern Workers in it. Okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah. And also, you know it's a TV station because the cool thing is they put the hovering text as you're dropping, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh, I that's adore that. so that smart. Is so cool. that is, that's, that's so, so fun. Because yeah. then you can immediately say and all of you can go. It is weird that they don't have like the Jumpmaster stuff from Apex. To bundle everybody together. Right, yeah. yeah. But other than that, it, it feels like they're learning from pretty much every other Battle Royale game out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're... Activision is a learning computer, I think, mm-hmm. is what we're learning from this. Yeah. yeah. The map overall, I mean, I, I'm i overall, I'm excited about this. It's tricky to go from Blackout to this and just be like, because eh, I'm such a stubborn, stupid gamer. Mm-hmm. You know, so in my heart, it's like, well, I don't know these weapons now. And I don't like the map as much. Where's the basketball court? Yeah, exactly. But like being so attached to that Blackout map. Uh, it's like, well, I kind of miss the water. I feel like everything is just so samey without like water dividing things up. You so know? there is, there's definitely no water. Well, we found a frozen, frozen river. Yeah. So okay. maybe with the season, it'll change. But even then, it's not nearly as big of a factor yeah. as it was in Blackout. And it seems like I like the more rural environments in my battle royales too. So that's a little bit more fewer and far farther between and stuff in in this game. But it's still there. It's nice. Like, okay, I can find my drop if I want a more like a less you know city environment mm-hmm. here yeah did you guys run into like i mean we i think we all had problems downloading it like after the stream when we went home because it's right? so huge no i think it was like it i just i think the servers were network, just getting like yeah. hammered like mm. I, it was just taking forever to download did you guys have trouble once you got into matches like after no because like when we were playing for the stream it was not free to play yet it yeah. was still just for people who own the game but so you played, like, I got into one match, it seemed fine. I don't know if yeah, you ran into anything. Yeah, it, it was fine, and I also wasn't running into as many texture problems as we were when we did oh, the stream as well. Because I was doing, yeah, base PS4. And I guess playing last night, I didn't notice that. And I think we're either. probably yeah. Yeah, both on Xbox One X, I think. No, I was doing PS4. Because, PS4. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, because that's where you own it. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so I maybe it's stabilizing a little bit more as it goes yeah. on. Yeah. <clears throat> Crazy. I mean, I think the leaks were saying 200 people, and now at launch it's 150 people in the map, which... I'm still a little bit torn. I don't understand the advantage of having that many people. Like, why not make it 100? No one's complaining about that. Make the rounds shorter. Make your odds of getting to the end and having a huge, exciting match higher for everybody. I don't get the thrill. Bragging rights, I guess. Like, that back-of-the-box bullet, which doesn't really exist anymore. But if it makes it less fun? I can see that, but but also the the length of the the matches that I played were right around 30 minutes mm-hmm. and I I finished watching the ones that I wasn't in and so I, I feel like maybe they're just scaling it based on what they want that number to be I guess at this point if it's if it's not hurting from a technical standpoint then I'm fine with yeah. the slightly larger player count but. it's going to be really interesting seeing how this game evolves if they make like a new version for next gen and trying to stabilize a little bit more or if it's just well it's cross-platform and so you can still download the same thing and then it'll just be even more cross-platform because that's the crazy thing yeah. here is yeah when we streamed it yesterday uh, we were able to play with the game informer folks mm-hmm. it was dantac on a pc and then alex uh 
former game former intern uh actually playing on an xbox that's a fun yeah. new era we're in and i mean if they're already throwing in pc players you know that's essentially like a next gen system yeah theoretically but. yeah yeah i mean this this is like call of duty live service at this point right i mean like this when the next call of duty comes out next year like they're still going to be supporting this in a big way probably right well so i mean according or to kotaku the rumors it? are that like you know it's gonna be black ops 5 okay for this year so is there a universe where they like add the blackout map to Warzone? Warzone? Mm. When the, I mean, I think the tech Maybe. is, even though it's all technically the same engine, every studio has been pulling it and stretching it in a different direction, especially Infinity Ward with the latest entry. And so maybe that'd be more challenging than I could possibly understand, but that'd be a really interesting conclusion yeah, if that's what they're doing. I, I could see that. And this is already, they're kind of calling it season two, it seems like. Because well, the, that's for the multiplayer. The first season, yeah, was Call of Duty was just the Modern Warfare multiplayer. Yeah. And this, so this is kind of tied to the second season. And so I could see it you know just kind of still splitting things up as hey we're doing different seasons in different years but this is going to be the you know the free to play thing is going to mm-hmm. carry on and it sounds like they want to add different modes and stuff they have the plunder mode which we haven't talked about yeah i've, I've played point. a little bit it's all about just collecting cash and you get cash for killing people which, i'm not that crazy about it i it's interesting to me but i've the the match the one match that I managed to play on it they didn't put anyone else in my team and so it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna do well like like all of these matches they really need they need a solo queue that's just strictly solo games because you're not gonna beat a three player squad mm-hmm. in in the you know money mode either but yeah. but it seems like it's it's an interesting kind of spin off of the battle royale where you continue to respawn after you die which is one thing that's different and you also get to bring in your loadout from the beginning so mm. your loadout is more customizing your loadouts is more important for that mode as well yeah so we all call it one year from today and people will cut this clip out and send it to you oh, what man. is the legacy of call of duty warzone is it just going to be quietly one of those things that's successful is it going to be a juggernaut where is it at one year from now that's the one with the gulag right <laughs> There you go. I mean, do you think this is going to be uh, a bonanza success for Activision or just something around the level of an Apex Legends? Maybe a little sub-Apex Legends? I would think more than yeah. Apex Legends. I think the fact that it took forever Call to download Duty. is telling. Like okay. The fact there's a free-to-play new Call of Duty game on consoles and PC, and it took forever to download yesterday because everyone was downloading Okay, one year from now, rank the Battle Royales then, Hotshot, popularity-wise. Fortnite. Still number one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Warzone. Okay. PUBG. No, uh, Apex and PUBG. Okay. Yeah. Wow. There it is. And then that magic one, Realm Royale. Yep. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that game. And then Darwin Project. <laughs> and Radical Heights. And then whatever right. Battle Rifle is going to be in Halo 6 or whatever. Perfect. <laughs> Halo Infinite. Uh, I'm excited to keep playing. Yeah. 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 There's a lot to understand there and unpack and i'm curious mm. to see how it evolves more than anything else and like. i'm waiting for the escape from tarkov mode you know just, they're gonna add it just rip it off i mean they're 100 percent gonna add that yeah 100 percent. well it's gonna take like five years how long did it take them i mean it'll take a release m- a free-to-play battle royale after the success of fortnite yeah. <laughs> they'll have to figure out how to do it in its own weird economy outside of matches for that mm-hmm. but yeah it seems like the kind of thing where you customize a loadout, and then you'll just lose that loadout if you die within Although one of those like matches. The fact that they're streamlining inventory overall, I think, makes it a little bit trickier. Like, there's no yeah. healing items and stuff like that. So, like, when it's all about, 
Escape from Tarkov, just managing that item economy. Mm -hmm. And all the items are just guns and armor. Maybe they could put some hot trinkets out there. Here's a or bobblehead of price. Maybe maybe this, the different guns and stuff that you're getting just all gets converted to cash, and then you mm. use the cash to buy to buy different loadout stuff outside of matches or something like that. Look, it's, we there, ain't designers. Yeah. What are you we going to do? You can figure it out. They've already <laughs> stolen like three great battle royale yeah, look ideas at the thing for this. That's good and make your thing yes. good like that good thing. <laughs> make it good. Serial uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yeah. Have you had a chance to play it? Yeah, I played a couple hours of it. Okay. Uh, it launched, we didn't get any codes for it, so we, it launched at 11 p.m., so I played a couple hours. Did you have to download an update at 11? No, I just... I did. I, I thought I had it preloaded. Okay. I had to download 5 gigabyte. But oh, I guess for reviewers, there's like a huge patch because it yeah. gets a little bit rough. So, yeah, I, we both played with the day one patch, but I guess mm -hmm. without that, it was pretty rough. So yeah. Okay. yeah. I still had a couple hitches when I was playing. Um, I don't know if that's like PC, you know, specific or... If it's a general trend, but uh, other than that, it didn't seem like it ran poorly at all. Man, not only that, it was a game that I booted up and just played the opening of, uh, and it was one of those games that you look at and say, are you kidding me? Yeah, like, yes. are yeah. so ugly. I can't believe <laughs> it. I was like, how is this possible I, on my screen? I have yeah. owned a 4K TV for like two or three years now, maybe. This is the first time that I was like, oh, I think, I think this is actually really benefiting from 4K because like the colors are amazing like light like streaming through trees and stuff mm. like that i was like this looks amazing if this was a 90 minute like animated feature film i'd be like this is incredible this is like yeah. a new type of animation <laughs> and what type of game is or in the middle of the wisps a jumpy it's a, it's a little backtracker <laughs> 2d back scratcher ladies and gentlemen <laughs> please uh no i mean it's just a metroidvania right yeah but then with some evolved systems this time around they, yeah they played hollow knight i think yeah they, yeah. they were uh, I mean, they iterated on some, like, minor stuff, so, like, you don't oh, have... Yeah, I mean, we should mention, like, you just played Blind Forest. Right, like, I for played through Blind time, Forest, right? Forest yeah. a week ago, and yeah. then I just now played a little bit of... Or uh, This feels like they're trying to make it bigger by, like, the... F you notice, like, instead of having getting a life orb and then immediately getting a life up, you get, like, a portion of it so now you have to find two so they're kind of like trying to and but for all intents and purposes it does feel like this game is going to be a lot bigger uh than the first one but it feels like they're doing that in terms of collectibles by basically having a lot more contribute to the same things and there's different upgrade systems like you very quickly get like the double jump and you get like uh i was attack. surprised how quickly i got it i mean i was yeah i was happy well about that was it. that yeah. was a thing in the first game was that you don't it? get okay. until halfway through so i think they're trying to get you up to speed very quickly on the stuff that they already have um and like now i have like a dash which is, which i don't think you had like a proper dash in ori you had like a kind of like a boost off walls and stuff and a high jump but in this one, you can just straight up air dash or like run run across the ground. Um, but I think to me, the most surprising thing is how more involved the story is. Uh, so mm. the, fir the first two had like these skippable prologues. Uh, and I think I, I like this one's a little bit better. Like I think they're they're so good at like making you care. So you, um, the central uh, plot line is that uh, after the first game, you uh, you and Ori and Naru, I think, are Gomu, I think, are like the three characters. Yeah. And they're taking care of this little owl. Uh, and the owl can't fly, and so even they look for like an or, uh, a, f a feather from its mother, and it get, they get it to fly. And while they're flying, they sort of crash land on this island. And the after mother a was the villain in the yeah in okay. the first one. Those are the kind of details that I'm fuzzy on because I played yeah. it right when it came. It's out. It's been five yeah. years since that first yeah. game. It's mm -hmm. wild. Okay. Uh, and so then, so it's you as Ori right now. I'm looking for that owl that you know got lost in the forest, and so um. 
that that whole prologue I think is a lot more affecting than the first ones was. Um, but and then also the story seems a lot more involved throughout. Even after that prologue where you're talking to more characters, there are uh, side quests that you're taking on where someone will tell you like, hey, I'm looking for the fang of this thing. Yeah. Was uh, there go, as go, much dialogue in the first game? I don't think there was. There's a lot of okay. like the you're walking through this thing and then the like the the narrator voice will say, you know, something and the words don't move will come. from Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dormant. Yeah. Dormant. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, uh, dang it. Ruined it. <laughs> We'll have like the words come on screen and he's very loud or whatever. And so they were trying to have this very minimalist <laughs> story. Um, but in this one, there are more characters, there are shopkeepers. There's so, like you said, a lot of stuff from that feels lifted from Hollow Knight, but it's also in stuff like Castlevania, obviously. Yeah. It, I don't know why, I, but I do, I just get a real Hollow Knight feeling. I think it's just because the way the inventory works, you can equip certain things, and like well, the way the screen works just feels very Hollow yeah. Knighty. You but know? hang on, as somebody who hasn't played Hollow Knight, uh, beyond the first thirty minutes, like what is it? it's just inventory equipping things. That's yeah. The, like, there's you, like you an upgrade system. Four yeah. slots, but you have you you can find like up to like thirty different upgrades that you can yeah. use, and you just have to mix and match. And they're equipable versus uh, in Ori, you basically got these little upgrade points, uh, like that currency that you're getting. Uh, gave you upgrade points instead of like being an actual currency and you use that to evolve like one of three trees. In this one you find these random skills like oh instead of sliding off walls they, uh, Ori will stick to them. Mm. Thing, and those are all like interchangeable equipable bonuses. Uh, and even just things like um, in Ori, in the first Ori uh, you attacked by, there was this floating orb that you fired off basically and in this you ha- you just straight up have a sword. And it feels uh, really good. Yeah, it, it feels a lot better than that other system where yeah. you you were you were just kind of moving and the the attacks were just kind of happening while you were mashing. Whereas in this, you have like a lot of directional attacks. I've actually used the air attack as a way to boost myself further in the air, where you can jump, do like three quick attacks, jump again, and then do three quick, quick attacks, and that extends your jump. Um, so like it feels a lot more fun to just move around in that world. And even that first one I thought was like a, a terrific platformer. Um, so there's a lot of these like minor differences, but I think so far it does feel a lot of like what I wanted out of a sequel. I'm not totally sold on them basically kind of inflating the upgrade economy by saying like, we need to put a lot more stuff on this map because it's going from, you know, it's, it'll be bigger. Um, so we just need to break things apart and have more things on the map. Um, but there are other things, you know, like there are side quests and I ran like, um, uh, a time trial race basically where you're racing against the shadow. Um, so those feel a little bit more involved. There's definitely a lot more to do, uh, so far. And I, I like a lot of the platforming stuff like, and they're getting through stuff quicker, you know, in, in Ori one, there was a lot of poisonous water. And instead of fighting the upgrade in, you know, late in the game that, lowers all like cleans all that water you're finding a lot of switches that basically clear that problem out for you Mm -hmm. so they kind of acknowledge for people who've already played the first game like we we know that you kind of did this stuff already let's kind of get through that a little bit more quickly so i'm excited to see what else they bring to the table in terms of new ideas uh because right now i'm enjoying it but i don't know like if if it's just like all those same ideas kind of rearranged i don't know that i'll like it as much but yeah it seemed like kyle you were kind of going against the Big talking point with Ori about these games are really hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not, they're challenging for sure, but like it's not a game that I would like put in that tier of like being really hard. I don't, and maybe it's because I just, be, here's the thing about that game you can wall jump and you unlock a dash. So it, mm-hmm. it's getting close to Mega Man X for me, which is something I'm very like familiar with controlling. So maybe that's why I mm. don't struggle with it as much. I mean, I'm not saying that it's an easy game by any means, but like I, I would. I think like Guacamelee was like a harder game in 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 some instances and stuff hmm. like that. But 
Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I maybe. I don't, are you struggling with it? I mean, are not yet. Yeah, I'm sure I will eventually, but not yeah. at this point. Yeah, it also helps that in in the first game you had uh, you basically had to create your own save points by there was an ability that let you drop like a save point wherever, and if you didn't, you ended up at the last like warp point, which were kind of few and far be, uh, between. Whereas here, it just auto saves all the time. So whenever you die, you're not really that far away from the from the place where you died. So I think yeah. that that helps a lot, and it, it help it lets them make the challenges a little bit more like okay, here are a bunch of things where you could instantly die or you're instantly going to be in a position where you're about to. Um, but if you die, there's not a lot of consequence to it. So Yeah. Uh, so the game is, yeah. is developed by Moon Studios, which is an interesting studio that's kind of pulling people from all over the world. They don't have a centralized office. So great for this quarantine era. <laughs> they can keep developing. Uh, future games will be fantastic. Is there a universe where this is the best Microsoft game of the year, though? Because they published it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, what, Andrew Reiner of a Game Informer give it a nine five. Like this seems like a yeah. no joke. I mean, he, it's I doing really, really like well. It a lot, like, yeah. So oh, really? Yeah, 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 for sure. I was actually uh, uh, when you beat those races, it lets you like see your score, and uh, I was like. 14,000 or whatever on the leaderboard and I was kind of surprised by that because it seems like it, it, this was like hours after the game came out so it seems like it's selling pretty well or you know Game Pass is helping it get a player it, yeah. boost so I wonder what the uh, like how successful they're they're doing but it seems yeah. like they're off to a really good start well the crazy thing this. too it's on Steam super exciting yeah it's fun to see I know I should be used to this at this point but it's still always exciting to see like oh a new Microsoft game on Steam day one that's mm-hmm. just awesome yeah so uh, Kyle you're looking forward to continuing your journey all that yeah jazz. i don't see any reason why i wouldn't finish it honestly like it's yeah. what i want to play right now it always like like i was up super late last night playing it which is always like a sign that, that i am enjoying a game because i need to go to sleep and wake up yeah. early but uh i was probably to like two playing or something like that Jeez. yeah it, because there are so many like tiny little things like even if they're not significant and you'll find a thing where you'll see a bit of the map that is kind of out of the way and you're like oh i bet like there's there's like a tree there that feels like it's obscuring something and okay here's a little alcove and you, it, it just becomes this weird momentum thing of like, oh, well, let me just do one more of these or let, let me just find one more secret or something. And then you just keep going and going, which that game does like really, really well. Yeah. It's yeah. good. They did a good job over there. Hey, good job, folks. Good Way job, go. Capcom Moon Studios. Mm-hmm. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, let's see. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. A little beat yeah. here. Jeff, you just watched that trailer. They released I a did. story trailer and the release date, which is June 26th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Kind of the, the great swan song for PS4. We're getting there. But uh, Sucker Punch, they released a new trailer. What do you think, Jevon? Looks very pretty. Uh, and I'm, I'm totally on board. Yeah. Story, I'm, the story trailer doesn't tell much beyond, you know, this is a revenge tale and this guy's, this gin guy's really willing to do whatever it takes to get revenge. Don't they, they say more than once in that trailer, you're more than a samurai, I think, don't they? Or something along those lines. He's a ghost. I think, <laughs> he's going for. I think that's the idea, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, he's, he's basically the Batman of Tsushima. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited now. I'm yeah. more excited. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, they ch- kind of play up that, you know, samurais fight in a certain way with honor, and he's like, F honor. I'm doing whatever I need to. I'm, yeah. I'm finding yeah. some tall grass and hiding in it. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like a stoic main character, which is always like, okay. Yeah. All right. Seems like they're kind of got a little more personality focused with Delson Rowe and stuff, like Infamous Second Son. And now it's like, okay, yeah. this guy just wants revenge. Let's go for it. I'll take this over Delson Rowe. Okay. Thank you. Hey, dates their own. Dates yeah. their own. Really? I didn't have a problem with Delson. You didn't like Delson? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have new thoughts on Ghost of Tsushima after seeing that? Uh, I mean, it was interesting to get because, like, I really had no sense of. I mean, of what the gameplay was going to really feel like or, like, what the story was going to be. But, like, mm. I feel like after that trailer, it's like, okay, 
that's who the protagonist is. That's who I will connect with. And now I, I get this. I at least have a, like a little bit more of an understanding of like, okay, you're going to be moving around this world and stealth, doing a lot of stealth missions, probably. You know. Yeah. Um, so it definitely elevated my excitement, which was already very, very high. And uh, do you see the collector's edition is going to have um, director's commentary? Really? Yeah. Damn it. Which I know yeah, it I makes know. me want it. It's like I think it's like like the sixty or the seventy dollar version, digital version or something. We'll have oh, director's really? commentary. It's so. probably worth it. I'll <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, just I'm yeah, I'm all the more excited for it for sure. Oh, and if it's Nate Fox commentary, that guy's so funny. I'm sure it's gonna be a laugh a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean you have to play through the game twice though? I don't know. I hope you can unlock it out of the gate. I would listen to that on my first time through. I I know it would be sacrilegious for some people. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, Portal does it by, which is probably the best implementation Mm -hmm. of it, where they just have the little bubbles that you Mm -hmm. can like sort of activate. But even with that, is that just an option in the menu you turn on? I think you have to elect to play the commentary campaign. Okay. I think. I I could be wrong about that. Hey, speaking of Valve, uh, Half-Life Black Mesa. A game that was not made by Valve. That's right. So it's the remake of Half-Life 1 that Valve officially sanctioned and gave the blessing to an indie team. Yeah. I'm confused. It came out a while ago, and I thought it was just missing the end section, right? Uh, I I don't know the full details on this, but I think, I mean, that game is very long, uh, and I think they just kept releasing big chunks of it. And then the end of the game is the version, like... Zen, yeah. the end of the game, is like way different from the rest of the game, like visually. So right. I could see why that would be separated. So there'd be a line there for like finishing that Did portion of the Did they revamp the opening again? Or is it just the thing that they released years ago is still the opening of Black Mesa, which still looks awesome. Yeah. It's a great remake. So I did this. So I'm streaming it right now, yeah. which is funny because I we didn't talk about this or plan this, but Surreal's streaming Half-Life 2 mm-hmm. and I'm streaming Black Mesa. So ahead of Alex, if you want to get caught up on Half-Life, yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I got go. you covered. But I actually... So I, the day it came out, I, I streamed it for an hour. And then the next day, I realized I had still streamed the early access version because it hadn't fully updated yet. Oh, sure. And there is a very distinct line between like that version that you could have bought on the third, I think, and okay. the version that released on the fourth. Like It looks way better. It runs way better. All the UI is different and stuff like that. Huh. So I think they were, I don't know exactly how the workflow worked for them, but like... They had built most of the game and were probably like cleaning it up and cleaning it up and cleaning it up while they're working on Zen. And then they just like dumped this huge update out all at once for the 1.0 version. Nice. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it, by the way, like more than I thought I would. Like it is, I, 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 the, the first time I played the original Half Life was actually the PlayStation 2 version. Same here. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, which is like a weird way to play it. I didn't have any problems with it. I had a great time with yeah. it. But it's like, it's so, it's funny that this is kind of my first time playing Half Life on PC, which is like the way I should have always played yeah, it. That's pretty good video game. That is a great video game. But it's, it holds up really well. It's still really interesting. There's still like yeah. a lot of cool, like Valve style storytelling with just like stuff on walls. And like you come across these little moments where like scientists are getting killed and you can just kind of figure out what happened just by the way things are arranged and like it's just it's cool I'm, I'm really digging it do you think that if you were just replaying the original half-life you'd be having 70 percent as much fun is it just like the core game or is it like this amazing team that put this together that is excelling it beyond that i think i think it i think it's an amazing team that is yeah. excelling behind it because like it looks better and it runs really well and yeah. like it's it look it, it doesn't feel like a 2020 game mm-hmm. but it like it it feels modern, you know what I mean? And it's, I, I think they're using, even using like some like facial models and stuff from Half-Life 2 maybe. Oh, really? Like I think the G-Man is the model from Half-Life 2. Uh, they should have just given him the Half-Life Alex model at this point. Just yeah, well, I mean, but I don't think it would, I I don't think it would work like it's that. Amazing. <laughs> okay. It's amazing. Talk about amazing timing. 
Yeah. Because when they started this project, they had no idea that this eventually was going to culminate with like, okay, and at peak hype for the new Half-Life yeah. game, your beautiful remake will come out. Do you th- I mean, was there any planning for that, you think? Or was it just luck? I guess that's a question for them more than anything else. I mean, I'm but... sure they're realizing like we need to finish this 1.0 before Half-Life Alex, And the fact yeah. that they have some line of communication with Valve... I wonder if Valve gave him a heads up a while Maybe. ago of like, hey. I mean, it's because it's good for Valve too. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean, 100%. like, I, yeah, because it's funny. I was going to go, I was just thinking of games I've always wanted to check out. And I was like, I've never played Blue Shift. I think I'm going to play Blue Shift because it's short and weird. It's the one where you play as like one of the security guards oh. in Black Mesa. And you apparently you actually see Gordon Freeman like running around and doing stuff. Is this the um, uh, Gearbox? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then like I was going to play it and I was like, oh, wait. Black Mesa's out today. I want to play Black Mesa. Like, yeah. and get ready for Half-Life Alex. So, like, the timing, yeah, couldn't have been better. But. What's your Twitch channel? People want to watch it? Kyle Impersonator. Great. And w- once you finish that, then what's yours, Surreal? Uh, a Clever Cadaver. Good luck spelling it. That's for Half-Life 2. <laughs> it's three. We're a Clever Cadaver. Those are I, words. <laughs> so it's like weird spelling. Surreal, <laughs> uh, uh, Castlevania, you said you wanted to talk about? Yeah, the third season is up on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of it? Uh, it I, like, it I continue been? to enjoy it. I think it's still probably my favorite video game adaptation of like game to narrative, which I would I don't know that I would have said like the other day. I was thinking about like I had the phrase I I think the Pikachu movie is better than the Sonic movie, but I don't think either is as good as Castlevania, <laughs> uh, which is a weird thing to say. You gotta but get, get Dragon I, Quest in there now too. Yeah, mm. I, I mean that's probably about them. But uh, I think yeah, I think they've done a surprisingly good job of keeping me interested in the world of Castlevania, um, which is weird because at the end, without spoiling anything, they they the end of the second season kind of points to we're going to be shifting things a little bit uh, because a a very climactic thing happens. Uh, And so now it feels like this season, uh, I think maybe the biggest criticism I have of it is that it feels a little bit like like set up for the next season where there's a lot of stuff from the beginning right up until the end where you're not really sure where it's going. Um, but I think that that series is, is like strong points, which is some really good, uh, some really great writing, some really strong moments. Um, I think the biggest improvement here is that um, Trevor and Sifa's relationship, I think, uh, is a lot better. Um, I don't think that in season two, they really earned those two characters kind of falling in love with each other. It just feels like uh very sudden because i think the theme of season two was them saying that all the men in this series are a bunch of man babies like for whatever reason like dracula is really upset about his wife dying so he's he's decided i'm going to <laughs> kill every man baby move well yeah because he's like his wife dying is like every every human on earth must die because of this happening uh-huh. right and then alucard is like this kind of very sheltered child who ha- was basically sleeping for most of his life and he is just now awake and he mentions that he aged rapidly so he's kind of in a little bit of arrested development and trevor I'm a bit it, of a man baby you'll have to forgive yeah. me <laughs> well, I mean, they have a conversation that's very similar to that. Really? But, uh, yeah. And then and Trevor's kind of like this very immature, like, well, the, uh, my family was excommunicated by the church, so I don't really feel like helping anybody. And then by the end, he he as he's being attacked by demons in his own house, he's like, oh, maybe I'll fight some demons. And then <laughs> and Sifa's like kind of the, the one pointing it out of like, you're all a bunch of children. And there's a character on Dracula's side who basically does the same thing. Uh, and at the end, Trevor kills a bunch of demons. He's like, oh, you've really matured. I'm in love with you now. 
Uh, so I don't feel like they earn that. But now that they're together, I think they do a really good job of establishing them as a couple. And they have a mm. lot of, of really good moments together. Uh, and they they never you never feel like they sideline Sifa as a character. She's like as stronger or if not stronger than than Trevor. Um, but the, the my, my big issue is that like they kind of split all the storylines. So there's Alucard storyline who's taking care of the castle. Uh, there's um, there's Trevor and Sifa who are kind of in this new village where a mysterious thing is happening. And then there's Isaac, who is a bad guy. Who is trying to get back to uh, Brayla to kill a vampire that kind of pissed him off, basically? And then there's also those vampires. So there's these four storylines that are kind of happening all at once, and you're not really sure where it's going. But the the writing, I think, is still really smart. The action scenes are still like incredibly well directed. I think it's some of the best like animation in those fight scenes. Hmm. Um, and like by the end of it, you're like, okay, I'm totally on board with where this series is going. There's a so. I don't think I'll think if your criticism of the second season was that it, it's a little too slow. I don't think this really alleviates that. Uh, but if you kind of like like, oh, I like that this is more about people scheming to kill stuff and then that that paying off versus like every show. We have to have a new monster from Castlevania that right. like it doesn't feel like it has to do all this fan servicey stuff because this is like maybe not really tied to any one particular plot at this point. It's not like, yeah, it's not canon- canonical with any of the games. Or so yeah, it started out right. as like Castlevania 3-ish, right? And now it's just yeah, kind of spreading I think it, out to pull uh, and everything. Imran Khan on Twitter like was opining that I think it's shifting into the plot line of another game at this point. Hmm. Um, but there's not quite. So like they don't do a lot of fan service, which I kind of like. I think the most fan servicey thing is that Alucard still has the chrysogram, which is like the the floating sword. Oh, but, really? Yeah. See, that's that's weirdly exciting. Uh, I love that. I weapon. think it's the chrys- I mean, I mean, it's a sword that just kind of floats on its own. It's and like stuff, the most right? powerful. Oh, no, no. You're thinking of. I think we're t- talking of two different weapons. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. like he has I'm like a flo- he has a, a sword that acts independently of him, which I think okay. is a Castlevania thing. Isn't it, it is. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, get that in Symphony of the Night. Okay. Um. So beyond that, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of like, oh, Castlevania fans will remember this. Um. But I, I'm excited with. I think that. Yeah. I and think Alucard it's really is still Dracula backwards. Yes, they and they did not change that. the spelling. Yeah. That's, okay. cool. that's cool. That's um, cool. That's for the fans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's the same production team, I think, that's going to be making like that He-Man show on Netflix that yeah. Kevin Smith is the showrunner for. So, Which hey. is weird. I, I will say, though, that this, I mean, one of the things about that series is that it is, it is incredibly violent. Uh, thing, limbs are, that, this series does not care at all for limbs. Uh, and, <laughs> it is, limbs. and it is more so than any other season, incredibly horny. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of R-rated mm. stuff in this, so I don't, I don't think uh, kids why should go anywhere near it. Mm. And, and, and it's not even just like, oh, here, here's like a boob or whatever. They, <laughs> they do some very... For like, the Castlevania weir- fans. They, there are some really weird and uncomfortable relationships in that, in that thing. Mm, okay. And it paints an overall very... Uh, dour picture of the world it's in because i think like everyone except for sifa and trevor are, is basically a villain at this point and it's like a very like they're really struggling with the morality of like how are we going to kill all these people <laughs> so it's it, it's 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 in this really weird gray moral zone but i i'm really enjoying it and, and i hope they get to do more uh so i hope people watch it because this does feel like set up for the next season and i'd be kind of bummed if that's that next season doesn't happen so. The classic Netflix thing of like, eh, we got our announcement kick and uh, we'll just yeah. kind of slowly kill the, it after the, season three. The second people aren't watching it anymore, they're just like, nope, whatever. We're, it's done. Zip. Uh, do they, hang on. Hold on to your butt, Jeff. Um, do they make any references <laughs> to the Konami Picross game? In, uh, not overtly that I know of. Hey, but, that uh, reminds me, everybody. Uh, murder by Numbers. What a transition. Thank you. This yeah. is the new Picross murder mystery graphic novel thing the new yeah yes um yeah so i mean it's basically if you took phoenix right and yeah. integrated picross puzzles into it that's like almost exactly what this is and like, it sounds like exactly up your alley yeah i mean like 
it's I, I the one the one thing that like holds it back for me like my wife freaking adores this game because she loves Phoenix Wright and she likes Picross puzzles as much as and I do. Murdering. So, and murdering. And honest to God, like she likes murder mysteries. Like mm-hmm. th- like she's all about that. What so about she, numbers? She's a mathematician. She okay, has a master's right. degree in mathematics. So like someone so made this four game circles. for her. Mm. And if the Did center your wife make this Ashley? game? Uh, not that I know of. But um, oh, and it's also like has a very strong like feminist message to it as well. So it's like even hmm. more. Anybody can murder? Is that, is that the idea? <laughs> That's right. But uh, it's funny, the one thing that like holds me back from like really getting into it is like, I just kind of want to solve puzzles. <laughs> That's, I started playing it as like, I never really got into Picross. That's the thing. is like, yeah. okay, yeah, dialogue is fine. Like the presentation kind of looks like a dream daddy where it's like, yes. oh, better than I expected. Yeah. But at the same time, just give me those puzzles. Yeah, yeah. Which I have PictoQuest in, in my back pocket if I just want puzzles. But like, yeah. I really, I, I like it. I think it's like really cool. I really like the idea of like, having a sort of visual novel murder mystery game where the puzzles you're solving are like Picross puzzles because I love Picross puzzles so much and there's even like I mean, it's a little thin, but like there is context for like you're this like you're playing as a robot, so you're like sort of building these images to scan things. It's like it's it's right. enough it's for like, me oh, to. It's an arrow. That means the clue is this way. Which, and all that yeah, nonsense. which I like. Like I'm into that, so I, I'm enjoying it. I got through the first case, uh, and it definitely like sets it up for like this is a much bigger story than you're than you're thinking it's going to be. So hold on to your butt. Do you, hold on your butt. Do you yeah. have to do any critical thinking outside of the puzzles? Like, does the mystery basically solve itself, or are at, at any point are you in a room and you're like you have to find these three clues or you're like what is this per- is this person lying or any is there any no any of that yeah, stuff because that was a question I had too which I was uh, asking my wife about because in Phoenix Wright you you get all this evidence and the, like the gameplay of Phoenix Wright is like catching people in their lie mm-hmm. this is m- more on the sort of just the visual novel side okay. of things like as long as you're solving puzzles and progressing like sometimes you have dialogue options but they don't really like change Matter. like the course of the story yeah so murder by numbers is it just PC right now I'm playing on Switch. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Which is like, yeah, it's perfect for Switch. So yeah. just PC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. If I had to murder one of you to make room for somebody else. One, two. <laughs> Number three. Yeah! <laughs> clap out. Clap, clap. Oh, Whoa! my God Whoa! in heaven. <laughs> Matt Helgeson. There we go. Amazing. Gentlemen. Hey, everybody. Oh, do you know how good it is to hear your voice? Well, thank you. It's good to hear your voice back. I mean, you even probably, though we just saw each other. But. I know, I know, but you probably hear your voice on most days at argue. I but, do, yeah. But just for cover a lot your of, ears and talk to yourself. Yeah. Or, yeah. Unless the days I just wander around, <laughs> you know, solitary, not speaking to any other living thing. Do you guys but, ever have those days though, where it's like, oh, it's three p.m. and I haven't spoken yet? That's you know, happened like, to me. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. Yeah, even like MinFacts, like our weekly podcast stream, when I got there and it's like, all right, let's get going, and then I realize me being like. Hi, everybody. It's like, oh, God, my voice. I have it in my mouth for the morning. Dust just shoots out. But Matt Halligson, you hear your voice every day. But a lot of people that have been following Game Informer and following MinMax have not heard your voice in years, man. About five years since I gave up the Game Informer show. That's so wild. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Tim Turry and I really appreciated it. It actually is the reason this whole thing exists. So we appreciate that uh, that move. Somebody had to do it. But so, now you're back with a new podcast. Yes, we are. So are you. Yeah, this is a wild one. So this is the first expansion of the MinMax Podcast Network, and it's a show called... MinTrax. Thanks to the community for coming up with that yes. name. Because it's a good name. you've always loved games. Like We've heard yeah. you talk about games your entire life. Yeah. It seems like your passion above games has been music. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say that's fair to say. Okay. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So this Well, is the the, I mean, the only reason I even worked at Game Informer was because of music. How's that? 
What's up? Uh, because I was in a band with Andy. That's and then I asked him if I could be an intern. So like, I met him. Like I met him through music way before. And so this was late nineties. Yeah, yeah, around early two thousand. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, so I was living with a guy named, uh, well, a couple guys, and then on the other side of the duplex was these guys, uh, Noel and then Ben Ivaskew, who's in a band now called Polisa. Oh, you yeah. may know of they're pretty big on you know indie circuit yeah and ben and ben introduced me to andy and uh, stacy the other guy in this band and i tried out and then i was in and then it was like my last year of college and i was like cool hey andy can i like be an intern and then i was an intern and then you're a game performer for 16 years yep and then some guy named robert stole was stealing uh rare japanese rpgs and <laughs> he got caught right before e3 <laughs> And they needed somebody to go to E3, you know, so they weren't understaffed. And they are like, yeah. So then I went. Weird path, man. Yeah, it's a very weird path. (laughs) Thanks. Shout out to Robert. I'm glad you wanted those Panzer Dragoon, like, (laughs) Saturn games. In his defense, that is a very rare game that's hard to It is a very rare game. I mean, what are you going to do now? I think they were, were, like, finding, like, the cases, but without the discs or something like that. And he was, like, a a super big, like, you know, JRPG, like, fanboy. So anyway, (laughs) shout out to you, buddy. Anyways, but Mint Tracks, this is a podcast yeah, sorry, that's going to be like, sorry. no, I get it. Mint it's, Tracks. It's not going to be in this feed. It's not going to be in the Patreon exclusive feed. This is a yes. public, free podcast. Yeah. You're giving this stuff away for free. And so if you search for it on your podcast app right now, you can find it, like the episode zero, that's kind of explaining what it is. And of course, just to confuse everybody as much as possible, it's M-I-N-N-T-R-A-X. Yeah. Like Max. Looks good. Yeah. I think it looks snappy. It's a yeah. good name. It's like <laughs> Min Snacks. I think we reached our like pun threshold here at Min Max. Like the community just will not let it stop. They have so many good yeah. suggestions and we've yeah. taken Everything so many like at this AX point. ending in AX yeah. basically. Yeah, or okay. like, you know, I originally wanted to call our Q&A Min Max Mondays and they're like, no, just call it Min Facts. Yeah, I can't say no. It's your fault sense. for calling this whole thing Min Max. You should have come up with a more difficult name to make puns out of. Yeah, you're right. Min Orange. Or Min Purple. But the pitch for Min Tracks, Elgin? Yeah, so it's we. I think it's a cool format. I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's basically the idea is to sort of, you know, this first week it's me and Ben, um, but we'll you know gonna have a bunch of the, all the guys from Mintrax and or Minmax and um, everybody and outside guests. But somebody picks an album they really like, the other person picks an album they really like, and they each have to sort of listen to each other's album, and then at the end of the week they you know kind of get together and then just see how they like it. It could be something that you're like really not familiar with or yeah. you know kind of get people out of their uh their general listening zones or whatever yeah um, so this first episode we're recording actually yeah. today which is confusing but it's gonna right. be airing on friday for everybody yeah. in the mintrax audio feed please subscribe now uh but with that one you chose for me <laughs> nelly <laughs> damn it don't, don't help me already dude talk about outside of the comfort zone you go with nas yes illmatic yes which is an album Never, I mean, maybe I've seen the name around there somewhere. Yeah. Never considered listening to, and now I've had to, to scramble throughout the last week of like, I need to actually talk for a long time about this <laughs> yeah, album, yeah. and it's outside of my comfort zone. This is an interesting spot to be in. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be fun. I mean, I yeah. think it's going to be a fun exercise, and we're going to obviously try to get uh, feedback and suggestions from the community, yeah. and maybe we'll also do some, you know, we do probably want to have some ties back to games, so maybe we'll do some stuff with, you know, video game music or down the you know special edition podcast things like that so yeah we're cool. really excited about it and uh yeah it's exciting exciting to be back in the the podcast game oh man Sweet. As they say. uh we have so much more to cover uh and are we, do we have blue apron 
yet or no? No, not yet. Okay, sorry. That's, that's, that's on, the goal for okay. Mintrax is to <laughs> yeah, get yeah, that yeah. sweet blue. Exactly. Exactly. We're working on Squarespace too. Stamps.com. Really. Yeah, Stamps.com. <laughs> you know, it's so annoying to have to go to the post office all What's the time worse and get stamps. Going to the no, constantly sorry. getting stamps. I need a mattress. <laughs> yeah, my bag there is every so other week. Like, oh, it's a guy to do. Anybody, anybody out there. So anyways, is this how so. we just read the ads and then we get paid afterward? Is that how this? <laughs> I think I so. That's what every other podcast is doing. Yeah. 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 Oh boy. Uh, but hey, it's funny you bring up E3 and how it was the start of your career. Yes, now, it was. Literally. Crazy, crazy news. This week they announced E3 canceled for 2020. Yep. Yeah. Because of the coronavirus, which a lot of people were kind of speculating. I mean, I was, I'm a little bit always in the camp of like, ah, I don't think it'll be that bad. I think it'll be all right. And then when GDC went down, it's like, okay, time to reevaluate here. But yeah. it's like, well, that's June and people say it's going to get a little bit better in the warmer months. So maybe it won't be that bad. But no, nah, they're, they're taking the safe route. Yeah. Uh, which I think is partially like Los Angeles is like, like, like. I think they declared like a state of emergency, that stuff, right? Because yeah. that's what happened yeah. with South by Southwest. Is like it wasn't them; it was Austin saying like, mm-hmm. "No, you guys can't do this." You yeah, E three is an extraordinarily international event as yeah. well. Yeah. So you're getting, you know, especially you know Japan. It was been one of the hottest spots, and yeah. obviously there's a ton of attendees from Japan, Asia. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, it's not a. It's a not a bad call. I no, mean, just the way things call. are going, but it is. It's surprising and crazy. It's you know? just that weird thing of. I mean, literally everyone gets sick after E three. Anyway, on a normal year. Yeah, I mean, literally, <laughs> like true. everyone's like just fighting the flu after E3. So, I mean, if if history's an indicator, probably not great. Just stop meeting yeah. up. Yeah, but it's everything. Just when this year E3's been struggling. I mean, the last couple years has been struggling. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever since you left the industry, it's been struggling. You know, really. Yeah, you took I, mean, it I think with that. Uh, yeah, I killed it. Um, <laughs> well, no, I remember. I think it was was it twenty. 16 Activision pulled out, I believe. I think I went that year. Okay. Um, or no, maybe that was after. But there yeah, was one weird after. year. Remember the weird year where they like Activision did its own thing? And then there was a bunch of stuff in like Santa Monica. Yeah, that was in this weird space in Santa Monica. And like there wasn't at the convention center and there was like meetings in hotel rooms all over the city. Yeah. It's like a really bizarre year. And then they kind of, it was a failure. So they went back to it. But right. I think that was the first like, you know, kind of chink in the armor, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The first time was kind of like, eh, is this working for us? Because yeah. Activision pulled out that year. Oh, That's what it was in response to. Oh, interesting. And uh, then, yeah, but it's it's been, you know, it was going well for a while when I first started the Game Informer back in 2010 and stuff. It's like, okay, this feels like the big show that I was always hoping it would be. And then I'm still in the camp of, oh, it's just a little, just a little soggy. It's still good. It's still good. Like, it's still mm, E3. There's yeah. still a lot of fun. But then PlayStation dropping out. Is huge, and then other folks dropping out, and so it's just an odd spot. I'm eight bit recently, <laughs> friend of the show, supporter of the show. They were gonna kind of be the creative designers for the whole thing, then they yeah. dropped out. Jeff Keeley drops out, and so it is that weird thing of like, well, I'm sure coronavirus is number one, but I wonder if it is also just a feeling of like this thing's in such a weird spot right now that maybe we could use a year to not have to try and go out there and act like, hey, it was the strongest show ever. Was Microsoft going to participate or no? So they do, they were, yeah, yeah, at a separate venue. So they're like the Microsoft Theater, which is right across the street Were they going to have a booth uh, in West Hall? No. So they yeah. just bring everybody over to their oh. place now. Over the last couple of years, they've been luring yeah, people there. which they've been doing, and EA has also been doing right. Oh, really? So, so there's no EA booth the last few years? No. Jesus, no. West Hall just like it's a crazy ghost town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is Nintendo still in West Hall? It's Nintendo and it's huge. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And wow. then a lot of VR stuff. Damn. Like, it's really crazy looking yeah. in there. Is South Hall still busy? I mean, still full or 
Uh, it, it has stuff yeah. in it. Yeah, I mean, there's still, like, still like, you know, those third parties. Those, yeah, like that's those smattering of like the Capcom stuff is always really big. But then there's mm-hmm. there's increasingly there was just more and more of like I don't know. I have no idea what this is. Is this what? Are, what do you guys make? You know, like what's even game development company? Were you guys like, like there when Kentia was still going? I wasn't the no. basement. No, I, I never. That, yeah. This sounds like a, a giant Kentia hall. So like below yeah. below South Hall, there's something called Kentia Hall, yeah. and that was kind of more like I don't know. It felt just kind of like homemade like it was more just people that had like folding tables and like mm. kind of in the heyday of when there was a lot of like third-party controller mm. manufacturers and stuff like that it was just kind of low budget hanging out down or there. else like you know some weird pc developers from like you know estonia stuff like that <laughs> yeah yeah um that's weird that's wild to me yeah but, it's, it's been on a weird decline i mean you've seen this journey jeff huh? yeah and and what you're talking about of how it is kind of good timing for them if if they if they were already sweating but i think that that also makes it bad for them in terms of public perception of what is going on with e3 because it feels like for the last couple of years people have been saying hey the esa has to figure out what they're doing and they have to come back and you know like get everybody to support it again and Mm -hmm. make this into get it get everything back on track and for it to be completely derailed now who knows what's going to happen next year so here's what they say so they had a statement saying hey after they started the statement with hey no after careful (laughs) uh, consultation with our member companies regarding the health and safety of everyone in your industry our fans our employees our exhibitors and our longtime e3 partners we've made the difficult decision to cancel e3 2020 scheduled for june 9th through 11th in in la Uh, they also say they're looking to coordinate an online experience to showcase industry announcement and news in 2020. Mm-hmm. That's that weird thing where it's like, I know people are like, well, what do you need E3 for? But especially when it comes to, oh, yeah, we should still let the ESA handle our online announcements. Like every yeah. company could just be like, yeah, we're fine. We're streaming it on our own. Yeah, we're doing it ourselves now. Do you think that there will be an E3 2021? Or is this going to be the weird like test case of everybody saying, hey, we can save a boatload of money and our message still gets out there during the big hot E3 yeah. week and this is going to be the end forever? I go ahead. Go ahead. John. No, I I think that's highly dependent on how this year goes. Now, yeah. if if everybody's scrambling to put their own stuff out online, and if it does well for everyone, then yeah, why come back and pay them when the ESA doesn't know what you know what they're doing with the show at this point? Yeah, I mean, if I would say right now, I think there will be twenty twenty one show. I think there will be one. I bet there won't be. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I'm always on the conservative end of the stuff, I could yeah, see this. Yeah, I just you would be like on the. It just I don't know. I, I think people are going to learn. They just don't need it. Like, I mean, I don't think they do. Yeah. Like, but I don't. Yeah. I, mean, I think 2014 was the last year I went. I, I felt like it was on its out legs in 2014, right. like six years ago. I mean, I I remember having a conversation with like and guy Kroll there, just feeling like, man, this just feels like it's kind of winding down. That's I don't right. know. I mean, and then I mean, I think Nintendo directs have mm-hmm. really does all the heavy lifting. That you, like, yeah, you don't need it. And I mean. And I'm going way back to like, like the heyday of E3, where the outlays of money were insane. Yeah. I mean, like I remember Sony supposedly spent like, like they rented out uh, the parking lot of like Dodger Stadium and bust everyone out to Dodger Stadium. I think they spent like five million dollars on a party one time. Oh, God. I mean, like one year was like they did it on the on the they used to do it on the Sony Sound Lot. It was like freaking Outcast and P Funk. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It free yeah. drinks for like five thousand people. Oh like I saw Kaz Rai like dancing with Outcast. <laughs> I'm not joking. It was like insane, dude. Oh. And the old parties were crazy, and it was like you know you go around there'd be like full sushi bar, yeah, full like you know chicken satay. Get out of here! <laughs> Come on, man. 
all over the place. You That's know? so but, wild. Um, yeah, I mean, they used to spend a lot. And I mean, I think the booths at the peak were like $15, 20000000 million operations. I mean, they look like it. I mean, yeah. For like the, the big PlayStation booths or the yeah. big EA booths when they used to just have those insane, like, you know, big halo of like... 20-foot screens or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I mean they're basically was... building, like, two-story structures indoors. With, like, like meeting rooms. Yeah, and it's crazy. electricity. Yeah. And I, and I used to, you know, people tell me, like, you get you get charged, like, by the, the convention center, like, per outlet, stuff like that. Oh, really? It's, like, super old school, like, Teamster stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you don't change a light bulb. Like, a Teamster right. comes change a light bulb mm-hmm. for you. It's like, oh, by the way, that $100. Thank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stuff like that. So it's it's way more expensive even than you think yeah. with like, you know, you have to pay for electricity, you have to pay for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, Got to get outcast in there for some reason. I don't know what else we can do. Yeah. But, they uh, have to change the light bulbs. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, has Nintendo been harmed at all? No. By not participating in the E3 well, press not conference. having like the live. I mean, I know they have. The, they show. have a. They still stick with the booth, right? And they have the best booth at E3 yeah, like the last do, couple. Yeah. Days, kept, last couple of years. I mean, right? I remember it was always just like it was like a horse race when the bell rang, and mm-hmm. like people just like literally grown men like running at a full sprint <laughs> yeah. towards the Nintendo booth, just like yeah, <laughs> I gotta, gotta see those Super Mario. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was Ben Hansen. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty exciting back then. Yeah, but it seems like like I remember there being yeah, a little know, bit of man. like a. a anti-Nintendo Direct attitude of like, what is this? What is this stupid format? And it's like, yeah, no, they, they were smart and they got ahead of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's usually very, that is not the Nintendo way is to beat the industry at something. I mean, it's very, it's consumer friendly. Like, I mean, that gets yeah. the message out to more people and it's exciting for more people, you know? Like, it's, well, it's, it's less smart. uncomfortable. And a, yeah. Just to throw another example, even prior to Nintendo or any of these people, um, Rockstar has not given a crap about E3 ever. Yeah. Yep. And ever, 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 selling, ever. They have like, some of the best-selling games. Well, yeah, the entertainment period, they probably have yeah. like five of the best-selling games console of all time or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, they haven't cared at all. So I remember, I remember one year they got made. Like ESA put the full court press on 2K to like make Rockstar go, and they like they had Rockstar like tour buses, and they made like a wall around. Like they had their square grid like on the floor. They literally just made a a wall, a solid wall of tour buses. <laughs> And there was like a little like ten foot area with a, like a velvet rope with a, like a bouncer, and the only way you could get in is like being on the list. So like they were at the show, but literally no one could see. And then you got game demos like in the tour buses. I saw like the Warriors game there. Oh wow! Man. So they were just like f you to like they were like, well you're gonna make us okay fine. So literally like, no showgoer could see unless you were like one of the like probably yeah. 150 journalists or whatever yeah. on the list. So Man, I know this is a, a tangent, but I wanted to ask you for a while now. Uh, I don't know if you saw that Dan Hauser left Rockstar. Yeah, I did see that. You've probably interacted with Dan Hauser more than 99% of all games press. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what's your history with interacting with him and interacting with Rockstar in general? I mean, you know, I, I was probably, God, I don't know. I might have been the first person outside of Rockstar or their PR agency to see like Grand Theft Auto 3. Because oh, I went to Edinburgh. That's wild. And that was, it was when it was still, it wasn't Rockstar North, it was DMA Design. Right. And like, I mean, it was just a walk-up. It was a second floor walk-up office in like a brick building in Edinburgh. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't, you know, they had done like Space Station Silicon Valley or something. Yeah, weird. yeah. You know, it's just some random stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I interviewed Dan. I hung out with Dan a lot of times. And I mean, I don't know. It's weird. You know, him and then Geronimo Barrero like left like last year, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I can't really think of those two guys are the ones I really think of as being like the most, maybe Leslie Benzies. But he also left, yeah. He, did he already leave? He yep. left too? Yep. Wow. So like, though, that would, I, like just knowing Rockstar pretty well, like I would say if I had to think of three guys that were most responsible, 
for like the rock star games that we know today, Grand yeah. Theft Auto would be definitely those guys. Like Dan was like, you know, Dan was kind of like Sam Hauser is like still there, I think. Yep, yep. So he's, but Sam, I think, is definitely more yeah. of like how would I put it? Kind of the production end, a little higher, thirty thousand foot yeah, view type of thing. More like he's very much a visionary type dude. You know what I mean? Like a well, they loved Def Jam records, like a Rick Rubin type guy. You know what I mean? To mm. use a music thing, which they kind of like admired music and you know, or like Russell Simmons or stuff like that. You know, like I don't think Dan, I don't think Sam is like writing scripts and like mm-hmm. you know working with the team. And so I think he comes in and like kind of checks the vibe once a month and just like you know what I mean. Sure. And yeah. Dan was the guy that was like writing. I mean, I think he wrote most of those games and. And Geronimo was like the one that was like a game guy because the Housers really weren't from a game background. Like they were like, yeah, like Dan might have been like techno DJing or something in like the <laughs> early '90s, late '80s or something like that. Yeah, they were. I think they worked for BMG Records. Anyway, but Geronimo was like an old school like game guy from California. Like he worked. I think he, he him and I think him and Evan Wells from Naughty Dog were both yeah. like Crystal D like testers when they were like 17, 18 years old. Oh like that. wow! So he he kind of was the guy that like, you know got games done, and then Leslie obviously founded DMA and was, like, the ones that made that possible with the engine they developed and all that stuff. So I'd imagine you like GTA 1 and 2. You know, like, I love GTA 2, but I can't imagine seeing GTA 3 before anybody. Did you, like, did you have that moment of just Jesus Christ? This is Yeah, well, I was was sitting and I was like, oh, my God, like, are they, like, you see, the only thing you don't know when you see a game demo is, like, is this going to, like, are they going to pull this off? Mm -hmm. But I remember, Mm -hmm. like, it was fairly, you know, it wasn't completely done by any stretch, but you could definitely have interactions. You could definitely and just, you know, you forget, like, even just getting in a car and, like, driving in this open environment and, like, getting out of a car and, like, <laughs> yeah. grabbing another car mm-hmm. and, like, shooting somebody. It was just like, are they going to really do this? Was yeah. what I was thinking. It was like, if they really do this, it was like, man, I thought it was going to be crazy. You know, but I sort of was, like, sort of still, like, can they pull this off? Yeah. You right. know, which they did. But yeah, it was insane because it was, you just, I mean, you kind of take, like, once something happens, then it's like, you just take it for granted. You know what I mean? Like, it's always been this way, right? You know? Right, so, right. But and you, especially look at, like, that output, that generation, mm-hmm. too, like, how many games they were able to right. crank out at that level of quality. It's just mind-blowing. Yeah. And then even that weird stuff towards the end where it's like, okay, Liberty City Stories, I guess we'll go ahead and port that back to the PS2. It's just, <laughs> I mean, it's absurd. Yeah. And I mean, but, the, you know, when you think about it, like, the old games, though, like, that's really the template. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, the no, design sure. of it is like GTA Two is still kind of, in a lot of ways, the template for all those games. But, but yeah, that's weird, man. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's I can't weird. imagine without Dan because like he, that guy was like, I mean, he was in it. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. You know, I don't yeah. think you can keep that up for your whole life. That's the thing. I just don't think you can like. I don't know. I don't know how you do that to yourself. You right. Know what yeah. I mean? Like those type I mean, of hours and. And it seems like he's just retired at this point right it's not like he's moving somewhere else or like i mean who knows yeah i mean i remember like there there used to be a third guy named terry donovan and he was like the more the business guy and he kind of left maybe around gta 4 something like that but Mm. last i heard that somebody told me terry was like living in montana was just like a volunteer fired fireman (laughs) i mean if you're involved those guys got money is why at that point yeah i think sam owns like truman capote's house in like (laughs) manhattan or something like that i don't know i mean those guys money is just yeah yeah my god like they more made more money like last week than we'll make our life unless you keep that Patreon. Right. Patreon.com slash MinMax two ends, everybody. Let's get no, it going no, no. here. Let's but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just GTA like you, you, you get to a certain amount of money. It's just not. I could see him maybe, maybe he'll like do some like weird little boutique game studio and just oh, do sure. some like. That'd be cool. You know, yeah, Steam stuff or I don't yeah. know. But. Yeah, it'd be interesting. 
Anyways, anyways, anyways hey, uh, Microsoft, turns to be three. This is what uh, Phil Spencer tweeted. He says, hey, E3 is always... <laughs> he said, hey. <laughs> E3 has always it's been okay. an important hey, role today. Hey, Ben, what up? Hey, What's up, guys? Hey, at Yosetti, get a load of this. <laughs> uh, E3 has always been an important moment for Team Xbox. Given this decision uh, with E3 this year, we'll celebrate the next generation of gaming with the Xbox community and all who love to play via an Xbox, Xbox digital event. Details on timing and more in the coming weeks. Uh, and then the weird thing is uh, Jason Schreier over at Kotaku... Uh, had this note saying, this year a newcomer planned to enter the field at E3. Warner Brothers Games was preparing to host an E3 press conference for the first time ever. According to three people familiar with the publisher's plans, their WB Games had planned to talk about a number of much-anticipated games, including a new Batman, the leaked Harry Potter game, uh, and the next game from Rocksteady. It remains to be seen wow. whether Warner Brothers will actually instead hold its own digital event or do something else entirely. Even in television, they were going to have. Oh, yeah, I know you've been <laughs> gone television. for a while. In television's back, Tommy Tallarico <laughs> is uh, heading the ship over there. New Earthworm Jim, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. new Echo the Dolphin. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's run it back, man. <laughs> so, anyways, they were also going to do a press conference. Like, there's so many companies now where I can't wait to see how this works. Also, without like the ESA managing it, like, are they all going to talk to each other about like, scheduling of these things or are they just I mean, going to stick they, to their original schedule how does this work do they all have to be on top of each other I mean that's the other thing it's like is there any requirement that it happens in May the June or 9th June or whatever or, like yeah, maybe. yeah. They, can't they all just do it whenever like they want at this point like, I guess so but if they already have like I don't know something with stores lined up for okay release oh, the banner sure. at this yeah. time when yeah. we reveal the next Rock City game but I mean so retail is so much less important I mean I think that the yeah. timing of E3 generally was like I mean, going years back. I mean, I think the show was, it was an outgrowth of CES, Consumer Electronics Show. So a long time ago, I imagine it was more about retailers. Mm -hmm. Like buyers, yeah, 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 you, know, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, chain like buyers, like meeting with guys to see like, oh, this game looks cool. We're going to bring in like 20,000 copies or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's, but that, you know, that's kind of more irrelevant as well. So yeah. Yeah, but just without, I mean, I think Jason Schreier was shooting about this too, but just it's weird without GDC, GDC and E3. Just like a lot of those small meetups, a lot of indie devs making connections, like it's just weird for that just to be lacking yeah. this year. I mean, that's yeah. gonna have it's an intangible thing, but just like the lack of chance encounters and lining things up, it's like it. Yeah, soundtracks on indie games are gonna suck for the next year. Could be, could <laughs> yeah. be. But uh, I feel like GDC was more that focused. Yeah, than yeah. right, right. That was more. But the still, I mean, place. it's wild. Like I'm still yeah. going out there next week, but. So many people have canceled their flights. Like, I don't know who else is going to be out there from the industry if there's any other... But the show's not going on, No, right? That's, yeah, no. Canceled. But you're just going out for private meetings? I mean, not even so much. It's like, I booked the flight. I was like, well, I don't oh, know if I can get a okay. refund Before on that. it was canceled. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then also it's like I lined up to be a guest on some podcasts and some stuff out there. And it's like, okay, I guess I'll just stick with it and see what that's like out there. But hmm. I'm just expecting it to be like 20 days later once I get out to the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. Um do you see how this whole thing rolled out for the E3 cancellation? Yeah, I, 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 well, I see your notes and I see what you're pointing at. Yeah. Is, okay, so there's a lot. So of, Futter was on top of it. Yeah, Futter yeah. was reading about it. Shout yeah. out. Friend of the show, Mike Futter. There yeah. you go. Uh, former coworker. But so then it seemed like one of the first concrete things was Devolver, <laughs> of course, the edgy company last night. They said, hey, cancel your E3 flights and hotels, y'all. That is funny. That, that was like the first kind of like. Yeah, there's the y'all. They said, hey. Hey, come on, y'all. Can answer your E3 flights? Which is uh, like, they've always had sort of a conflicted relationship with the ESA and E3 to begin with anyway. They've so been in the parking lot up Yeah, front, so it's yeah. funny that they're the first ones to be like, hey, that show's canceled. I can't remember if that was... Were those guys God? Like, God games or whatever? 
<laughs> I, I think don't I feel remember. like Devolver, like what some company, like I think it was some of those Devolver guys had like a like a Viking funeral for E3 out in Santa Monica one time. <laughs> oh, really? I think it was in Santa Monica. They like they like. They had like, some coffin with E3 and they set it on fire and like oh, what? Really? Dude, that Santa Monica year was wild, man. Like it was just like a weird. That's like, an they awesome thumbnail like, for this story. They rented these like bungalows out like by Santa Monica and I can't remember what the deal was. That's uh, hilarious. I don't know, man. Those are wild. It was yeah. wild back then. But then the weirder story is uh, Rami Ismail. He tweeted because apparently four days ago he said that. Somebody sent him this tweet saying that E3 was canceled. And yeah, it turns out it was like around March 5th or something. Uh, Hot Girls Videos, 18 plus only, the, the Twitter user, she tweeted, E3 is canceled due to concerns related to the coronavirus. I found out from a guy who pays me for private cam sessions. <laughs> wow. And then, and then she says, E3 2020, E3 canceled and tag like Polygon Giant Bomb. <laughs> Waypoint, like trying to get the message out there, and everyone's yeah. like, "Okay, cam girl." We're just like, "Yeah, no, she had the inside scoop for this for these cam sessions." It's just wild. Dude, I wonder how that came up in that Ran cam session. Randy, Randy Pitchford strikes again. <laughs> wow! Ah, oh, the flash drive, the greatest <laughs> magic trick of all—the cancellation of oh, E3. You know, in fairness, so you, you you could just see other stuff being canceled, like big public events. Like I think South by Southwest was canceled by them, and just like throw a flyer out, and just like you know. It's like wait a second, all her tweets are just different yeah. events that are being canceled. <laughs> uh, no, but I love that detail of that. It was, you know, if it's all to be believed, which I, frankly I do, like that sure. that it uh, that it was like someone, a client of hers, was like telling her about yeah. this. Like, how did that come? You'll about? never believe this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have like a concrete memory from your first E three? First time you actually showed up there. Like, what were they showing yeah. off? What demos did you get? Oh God, I don't even. That's the part I don't remember. I more remember just the parties. No, I just remember being. I didn't really know what it was going to be like, and I guess when I thought about like a convention, I thought about like a convention here at like the Minneapolis Convention Center. So I thought it was going to be like everyone had like like folding tables and like a little backdrop. And right. I don't. I just and then I just remember. I remember like within like four hours or five hours of like touching the ground. I was back at the hotel, and then this Paul Bergeron, they used to work at Game Informer. We were at like the House of Blues and like Everclear, that old band was playing and it was just wild. Like, I don't know, it was just wild. I just had no idea. So I, me I more remember being like, I don't know if that, no, that was the fault. We got, we got yelled at. Reiner got yelled at by a, a Tecmo dude. I can't remember what it was. Like, oh, no. oh man, I wish Reiner was here right now. Cause I was like, I remember I was like, I literally was like my third week. I had no idea. Yeah. And so I didn't even have like my own appointments, right? So I remember I kind of shadowed Reiner, and man, I don't know if it was Edigaki. It might have been like the the head of like Tecmo, and I don't know. Reiner said something that he took the wrong way uh -huh. and kind of like reprimanded us and stuff. Like, and um, I think Melanie Pfeiffer was there, and I don't know. It was wild, and like I was just sort of sitting there, like I feel like we we're getting yelled at by like a teacher kind of thing, <laughs> but it was also like a translator. But you could tell it was like he was. He was not happy. Yeah, it was like your third, what fourth week, I guess. Like yeah, like my third week, week, I think. Was there for like two yeah. weeks, and and it's, and I just I was so overwhelmed by the like the scale. Like I didn't have any idea. Like they meant like you know two story building size, you know booths and stuff like that. Just yeah, because yeah. it wasn't as I don't know. Like you know, it wasn't like you could kind of get. You know, later you'd have like oh we're doing like a walkthrough video or you know what I mean. I think like your average person now like totally had it pretty good handle on like what it was like and, right right you know the press conferences were 
like live streamed and stuff. But you know, none of that. I mean, I knew of E three, but it's kind of hard to get it like that real feel for it unless you were there. Yeah. So, so that's like the biggest thing is I remember was getting yelled at by a techno dude. And <laughs> I think I remember seeing like you know, but also like too that I think that Reiner might and, and Andy might have sent me out on some like I remember seeing like Army Man and stuff like that. You know, I think I was maybe not getting the like. I remember definitely remember seeing Army Man games, but you know, it's, I wasn't necessarily seeing like you know. I wasn't getting, like sitting down with Miyamoto on my third yeah, or anything right, like that, right. you know. Um, but, Although you did that crazy Miyamoto story. Yeah. Yes, right. After the was it Zelda glitched out yeah. Wind Waker? Yes. No, it was uh, Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword. First yeah, demo yeah. for Skyward Sword. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, he was mad, man. He was hot. Because <laughs> the gate wouldn't open. I think it was, was like a was? gate that was supposed to be like tripped where Link could go through. Oh, yeah. But the gate wouldn't open. It was like a glitch. Yeah, and the and motion controls just like weren't working on mm-hmm. stage. And yeah, Miyamoto, he, he said something along the lines of like, "Oh, like oh, he was trying to make a joke. It's like everyone turn off your cell phones. It's interfering with the the wireless technology." Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was mad. But then you <laughs> saw him backstage, mad. and he was losing it. Yeah, it was it was walking. I had to stay back to like interview somebody. And then I saw him in the hallway with like two underlings, and he was just like, "I think they're called Goombas." What's that? I think they're called Goombas. That's right. Yeah, well, they were demoted to Goomba status. Yeah, but he was mad. I mean, he was like, I mean, well, he got it. I mean, I got to get it. Like, he was embarrassed, like on stage with a glitch. But Nintendo of all companies kind of took. Yeah, I mean, they take pride in like things are like, say what you will about Nintendo, but their stuff's nailed down. You know what I mean? That's kind of what they take pride in yeah yeah, so, yeah. anyway i feel but so anyway, i feel so bad for a uh, friend of the show leo vader like this was going to be his first e3 that he was going oh, to no, it's no, canceled. Man. It's brutal. That's, that's a bummer so i hope it comes back uh hey and other news speaking of uh an outbreak here last of us being turned into an hbo show wild yes <laughs> kyle does not seem impressed no i think it's awesome i think it, i actually really think it's cool and it's one of those things where it's like they've they announced like that uncharted movie is supposedly shooting next week and like <laughs> uncharted well, that, movie i mean i'll believe the uncharted movie when i, I mean, ex- sit down in the theater that's been like yes. rebooted it's a double feature with that when the, the credits movie. roll like even uh, even in the theater i'll still be unsure but like uh but this feels more real is it just because of hbo or because of just tv in general you i feel think like tv is a faster pipeline i here? think uh video game Adapt. I mean, we were just talking about the Castlevania show, and yeah. it's like I think HBO like tweeting it, and like the fact that HBO made like a Watchmen sequel that worked really well. It's like another thing that you wouldn't think would ever actually happen. And then also the fact that Druckmann is involved and is actively tweeting about it, like makes me think it's like, well, I think this thing's actually going to happen and be like a real thing. You know? Yeah. So it's also with uh, Craig Mazin, who's the creator of Chernobyl, which yeah. people loved on HBO, um, and I guess he's a huge Last of Us fan. He's his, his favorite game of all time. And like I listened to uh, his podcast, Script Note. I think it is um, and he was talking about something that kind of gave me pause where he's like oh we're really excited to get started but at the same time uh, they have to finish Last of Us Part 2 before we even like really start locking down what this thing is so mm. it could be further away mm. than we all think with an announcement like this sure. and he's talking about like Neil Druckmann being involved which is super cool that they brought him in at the same time though like he was writing the Last of Us movie years and years ago Remember, like Sam, Sam Raimi was going to produce the Last of Us movie, oh, like what 2015. Yeah, they yeah, had like panels yeah. about it and stuff. And Neil Druckmann was involved in writing that one as well. And so yeah. it's just like he's been working on this project and this adaptation for so long. It's still yeah. super exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird though. I just feel like I don't know. Like I feel like I saw the movie Last of Us and it was like the game Last of Us. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I just don't. I mean, it's cool, but yeah, yeah, because there was—I think there was a press release, maybe that did hint that it was going to be like an adaptation of the first game, right? And it does beg that question. It's like, well, didn't I see the sort of the best version? Didn't I already experience the best version of this? Yeah. Like, but then you know, they could change things. You mm-hmm. know, like they mm-hmm. could make there's—they could certainly make it more interesting or take different directions. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, 
I mean, if I had to guess, because there was this thing where like Druckmann tweeted out a bunch of characters, and then there was like these four kind of squares. It was like a redacted name because he was saying like, "Hey, ha- celebrating International yeah. Women's Day." Yeah, exactly. So it seemed like they were hit- adding so more there, female characters. So people are thinking it's like a four-letter name woman, Anna, her mm-hmm. mom from oh. the the prequel DLC. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think yeah. So they talk about how she. It's passed by the time of that, but you know, we're talking about the Last of Us Part Two. There's a lot of speculation that she's mm-hmm. going to be a huge component of that. So especially okay, if yeah, like yeah. he's just been focused on this Anna character for so long, maybe he does want to like go back and kind of incorporate yeah. her, like maybe even have like open it kind of like on a dual track thing of like showing a little bit of like Ellie's origin and then also Joel's origin with his daughter yeah. or something like I that. Bet, you know, it's kind of like Game of Thrones. Like, they, I mean, Game of Thrones was like an adaptation of the book, but there were certainly things that were like left out. Mm-hmm. There was things that were like some characters are synthesized into two characters. There was. You know what I mean? Just yeah. different aspects that were added. Yeah, so like that, that makes it worth watching this new version mm-hmm. of it just to see how they tackle it, you know? Yeah, so what do you think? I mean, we all love how, you know, they say they're not going to make another season of Watchmen. I think they're making another season of Watchmen. I think that yeah. headline, if you read the actual quotes, I think the headlines were not exactly reflecting what they were saying. Is that good? Because I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, it's amazing. God. I think yeah. we awarded it the greatest oh. work of art of 2019. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you should absolutely watch it. The movie it's was good. tough, so that kind of... No, honestly, what's actually? Yeah. I mean, I've heard yeah. nothing but good. It, it's I awesome. Watch it. um, but anyways, thinking about like how this thing is going to be structured overall, do you think that it's going to be like one season is the first game, or do you think they're going to break it up and be literal about like, hey, there's a season structure to the game to begin with, right? Are they going to go through the seasons and make it like, okay, winter, fall, and oh. then go with that for oh. multiple seasons of the show? I bet they steal yeah. bits from like the DLC that they think is good. Yeah. And just like yeah, from leave that in as like either flashbacks or whatever you want to do. I mean, I think, yeah. I think for it to have a nice beginning, middle, and end, I think they just follow the, the story of the game. Like so I, one season, the game? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I like the ending of that game is so amazing. I would love to see that be the end of the season, yeah. you know? Hmm. And I know that Naughty Dog was... Like, I remember on that cover story trip, uh, talking to Neil and Bruce from Naughty Dog about, like, the origins of The Last of Us, and they said, yeah, we just wanted to make No Country for Old Men, but that as a game. Like, that was the tone we're going for. And so now it's so tough not to see if somebody has to play Joel, it's like, I think Josh Brolin could do it. Like, he's not quite too old yet. He's maybe getting in that territory, but, like, if they have to, I saw someone share, like, a picture of Hugh Jackman. Like look with like bearded up, yeah. like in some film that he was in recently, and I was like, oh yeah, that that looks like Joel. Really? Like I could see that as Joel. <laughs> I don't know if I could take Hugh Jackman seriously as you Joel. Google it. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman f- with beard. It's a fantastic actor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, like when they first announced this back in 2015 with the movie, everyone's like, oh, you got to get Macy Williams from Game of Thrones, get oh. Arya in there as sure. Ellie. But now, That'd be sweet. She's a little too old for Ellie. Mm. I think she I don't can know. still play that. Really? Like how yeah. is, how important is like Ellie's youth? You know, could she play a 20-year-old Ellie? Would that still work? Or do you need that? Mm, no, I... Maisie I Williams is only 22. Yeah. And she doesn't look... She looks, she looks young. Yeah, she, she looks, looks like a that. kid still. Yeah. There's yeah. people... There's dudes that play like high school kids are like 35. <laughs> yeah, that was like the 90s though. We yeah, were mature. Yeah. We're trying to be yeah, more yeah, reflective. Yeah. You know, trying to make it <laughs> more spot on. I, I still think she'd be great. Yeah. You know, that seems right. If you had to pick a young actress though. A young actress. Oh, the other... Okay, this is... Cheating, I guess, but like the along with the picture of Hugh Jackman that someone shared, yeah. someone shared uh, the actress uh, from the movie Booksmart. Have you seen Booksmart? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good movie. That's a great movie, and I, and she has like that Ellie look, and she looks very young. I think she'd be very good. Huh. That's yeah. a good call. Yeah, yeah. I'll start so to thanks, think of Internet. I should have saved that for my get a load of this. See if I can track down that tweet. Yeah. 
I was thinking about like who yeah, was Booksmart like Booksmart was hilarious. It was yeah, awesome. Let's talk about Booksmart for 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, it's a great movie. It was, very good. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like, you know, feminist super bad. It was great. Yeah, kind of, exactly. Basically. I was thinking about like who else is like a young actress out there movie. going yeah. young, especially if this thing isn't happening for four years. I realize that little girl in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like yeah. a little actress, that's like, hey, there we go. Up and oh, coming dude, star. Dude, 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 what about, uh, what about that little badass girl from uh, Game of Thrones? The one that like calls them all cowards and stuff. Oh, it's like the head of the one house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We did Ooh, it. Done. We casted it. Done. Yeah, right. she's good awesome. job, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm, I feel bad because I can't remember her name. No one can. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Done. We Signed, sealed, delivered. We okay. got it. And Hugh Jackman as Joel. <laughs> Hugh Jack. I don't know if we're like, are we all like, signing off on Hugh Jackman? Look, doesn't I he have he like, doesn't he have like part two of that like circus movie or whatever to do? <laughs> oh, is he doing that? Oh boy, dude, that movie made bank. I know. Did it yeah. really? Yeah, no, Great it was, show it was like an uh, incredible hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> all right, sure. That's kind of weird because I watched that movie. Like, you know when somebody else rents a movie on a plane? But like you're yeah. Jeep trying to movie, mm-hmm. but yet you can't stop watching like hundred percent, like kind of like out your corner of your eye. Like I watched The Greatest Showman, yeah, with like no sound, <laughs> which is like it's a musical. But yeah. I mean, I feel like I got, the, I got the gist of it. You get it, you get it. Yeah. You understand why it made yeah, so yeah, much money. Yeah. Uh, so Real news. entertainment, real old fashioned <laughs> Hollywood entertainment. Right there. Real quick, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's coming to PC. Confirmed. Uh, it's a, it's a right. crazy world out there, Helgeson. We got Sony games being released on PC now. Oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense, though. Yeah, it totally makes sense. It's, I mean, it's already kind of got its whole cycle on PS4, right? I mean, it's yeah, really yeah. like just extra dough. Probably. Yeah, for sure. And it's the weird thing where Death Stranding is also coming to PC, which Sony also funded. Okay. And that's the same engine, so maybe technically it was easier, but still super exciting. So Herman Hulst... Uh, Are they going to have cross-play between... Is it a... Well, it's not. There's no multiplayer. Yeah. Oh, there's no Although Death Stranding there. might have... Something oh, that'd be interesting. There's, there's no like active multiplayer, but there's something like, passive weird and like kind of awkward. <laughs> if you can yeah. imagine for a Kojima <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> uh, but Herman Hulse gave an interview to PlayStation, believe it or not, uh, and they asked him about like what it means for future PlayStation releases if they're all coming to Steam right now. And he says, "Hey, in my mind, Horizon Zero Dawn was just a great fit in this particular instance. We don't have any plans for day and date PC releases as we remain 100% committed to dedicated hardware." Yeah. So it seems like everyone's obviously screaming, put dreams on PC, you morons, and I cannot imagine that yeah, they won't get to that. That one makes sense, but the, the whole idea of exclusives is to sell your console, and it and this kind of move makes perfect sense for supporting that, where it's like the game's how many years old? Three years old now? Yeah, 2017, yeah. So you're you're not selling any more PS4s because of that specifically. Yeah, and right. If, if you can get people excited ahead of the PS5 and... Horizon Zero Dawn Two, which yeah. is where it's where it's going to be the only place that you can play it. Then yeah. why not? Yeah, 100%. it's almost like remember I remember when I saw years ago where it was like it's going to like Target and stuff, and there was end caps of Minecraft mm-hmm. for like console on disc, and I was just like, who the hell is buying? This, you know, at this late date, but then they were on like the MPD, like top five for like ever. Yep. So, you know what I mean? Like, this is like that kind of back market where it's just like, I'm sure they'll sell it for 25 bucks or something like that. Or, I mean, they could probably get away with selling it for like 50 on Steam. I think probably still buy it to begin. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then obviously people are screaming for Bloodborne. That's the one that would sell. Yeah. I argue, Mm -hmm. Kyle, just as many copies on PC. And I don't argue that. That's right. That's it. Uh, real quick, Helgeson, too. Did you have thoughts? So, uh, 2K yep. is getting back into the NFL game, into the football game. People loved that uh, ESPN. Yeah, back yeah. In the day. So here's the the quote. This is from The Verge. Um, blah, 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 blah. They said, the big question, of course, is what this means for the juggernaut that is the EA Madden series. From the sounds of it, not much will change. The 2K partnership is specifically for, quote, non-simulation football games. 
which Verge says might suggest arcade-like games. NFL Blitz type stuff. Yeah. I wonder if That's they would. That's kind of cool, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if it'd be like a Battlefront situation where it's like, okay, that transfers to a different publisher and then we'll, 2K will end up making the NFL Blitz spiritual successor, even though I'd imagine Warner Brothers owns some part of Blitz, right? Because it's a midway joint. They do? Oh. Yeah. Oh. I would think so, right? Oh. It's complicated. Yeah. It's a mm. mess. But then also still trying to figure out like who would even develop this because it was visual concepts back in the day, but they're also making NBA, which is great every year, and then also at the same time, well, microtransactions. But <laughs> then also they're tackling the wrestling games too. So it's like they yeah. seem like they got a full who plate does, over there. Because isn't uh, the Playgrounds, was it NBA Playgrounds? Yeah. I was, was reading Matt Cotto's story on Game Informer oh, yeah? brought that up, which is I, I guess that's under the 2K banner too, right? Like, And I don't know who makes is it. Is it Oh, it was Saber. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it's just they just get like a you know, some kind of random third-party studio to make a blitz. Yeah, I think everybody's the... fully expecting this to be the next NFL 2K game, and it's like, well, it might yeah, be, it's not might be a bad. different beast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you still play sports games at all? I was never that much of a sports game guy. Yeah. I like sports, but I... Weirdly, I have no interest in golf, but I like golf games. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think golf is just a good video game sport. Right. I kind of always like baseball, too, and I'm not the most, I don't know. I, don't, I was never a huge Madden guy yeah, or, sure. or, or NBA, which I like those sports in real life. But yeah. You're happy to be like, all right, Kyle, I'll just keep taking all these yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like tennis games back when they used to make virtual yeah. tennis. Oh, man, the best. That was, that was fun. Yeah, Tennis absolutely. is a good, I feel like tennis and golf, they're good video sports. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, hey, uh, Jeff, do you know how this whole thing operates? On Gatorade on? now. Hey, only Gatorade. <laughs> the third drink. Uh, I've already signed my own deals on the, on the side. I'm <laughs> nice. just like, no, it's oh, Patreon. What was that? Sorry. It's <laughs> pouring it over the the logo with your hand. Man, man just the... My electrolyte was a little late. So <laughs> Who's the backup? Anyways, hey, Patreon. Patreon.com slash binmax 2 ends. If you support us at any tier, you get access to the Discord, which is awesome. And actually, we posted a video on the YouTube channel showing off a little bit. Because you probably have heard us talk about the Patreon or the Discord and how cool it is. But you actually see a glimpse of what's happening there if you check out that YouTube video. Uh, also, made a couple tweaks. We kind of the relaunch here where $50 supporters, your name now goes in the credits for every single show. Every video show, every podcast. That includes you, Helgeson. Mintrax. Nice. Yes, the $50 supporter. It's going to be in there in the description. Uh, also, the Wall of Heroes. If you're a $100 supporter, your name and picture, whatever picture you want, you can choose it. It goes on the TV behind us. Uh, Mark Seliga, you haven't told us which picture you want, so I just Googled Mark Seliga and then put the <laughs> picture nice. up there. Correct us if we're wrong. Um, but anyways, that's also going to be up throughout every video show we do as well. So we're kind of expanding what this means for everybody. So please check us out on Patreon.com. So next two ends. Um, also, Helgeson, uh, I Am 8-Bit is a supporter of ours. Nice. Which is really nice. Yeah, so every week uh, they Gibson help still us. running that? Uh, John Gibson? Yeah. Nice. Yep, yep. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk to for sure to line this whole thing up. It's awesome. So if you go to their store, they have a lot of awesome stuff for sale. Uh, if you're into like collecting vinyls, like every great video game soundtrack they're selling, a lot of other collectibles, cool stuff like that. Uh, and if you go to their store and enter the promo code MIDMAX, you get 10% off your entire order. Very exciting. Also, they're selling... Have you ever heard of a game called Gimmick, Helgeson? No. So they're selling Gimmick, the soundtrack, and a t-shirt. Apparently, it's an old NES game from Sunsoft that was never really? released in the States. Oh, 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 and so I'm 8-Bits like bringing this up, talking about like, hey, it's the stuff of legend. Like everybody wanted to collect gimmick and now they're selling gimmick merch on the I'm 8-Bit store, which is mm. a cool deep cut. Wow. Also, uh, 1980X, they're selling the vinyl soundtrack for that. They say 1980X is a coming of age arcade epic telling its story through an impressive breadth of retro genres, platformer, racer, RPG, shooter, and brawler, all jam-packed into a rather familiar place, suburbia, sometime in the 1980s. Uh, the soundtrack is equally robust. Cool. Um, Helgeson, there are three albums on the side of the TV that I am 8-bit sent our way. 
And so if you would like to win one of those, you can help out by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us in any tier, you can leave a question for us to read on the MinMax show. So Very help us in, choose your favorite album, and then we'll give that out as Gang the... Beasts. Yeah, we Gang have... Beast soundtrack's good. Oops. Banner Saga 3. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Gone Home. You going with Gone Home? Yeah, I really liked this game. Great, great soundtrack from Chris Remo. There we go. So yep. this is the I Am 8-Bit question of the week. So we're going to read through all the questions that were sent our way, and then our absolute favorite will get shipped out, the vinyl soundtrack for Gone Home. Hoaxon, go ahead and put that on the table there. Okay. They don't make us do this, but I think it's nice to have something more to look at <laughs> than just Jeffum's cup. That's right. All right, opening the min box, as the community calls it, and okay. you're le- legally required to call it now. I feel like you're apologizing, like... For the puns. Yeah. It's just so many puns. <laughs> I feel like I need to apologize at some level for the puns going on here. Anyways, Leray M. Hare writes in. He says, hey, what's up, MinMax 2Ns? Uh, Leray, a.k.a. Blue Mayhem from Discord. Hello. It's awesome to know that Matt Helgeson is joining MinMax 2Ns. Thank you. I listened to the Game Informer <laughs> show from when it was in single, single digits, and every episode was like a conversation with a dear friend. So much so... Uh, that when Matt came back to host the 400th episode, it was like a reunion with someone I hadn't seen in a long time. I wanted to ask Matt a question I never got answered when he was the host. Are there any funny stories from the early days of the Game Informer show from fellow editors? I've always wanted to know what those early days of recording the podcast were like. <laughs> Hectic. I mean, it, it, I mean, honestly, I, you know, we were launching the website at that time. Yeah. Not the current website, but the previous website. Or maybe two previous. I don't even remember. I think just the last previous. Yeah, just 2009? Last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, we had a lot lot going on. It was busy. And I think Andy asked me if I want to do it. We had a, this guy came in and like got all the equipment. We we kind of bought from some like local, local kind of audio company or something like that. And he set it all up and kind of gave me a real like 15-minute like, hey, you'll be fine, kid. It's cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> of Pro Tools. And so I had to like just kind of – I think I oh, basically overnight learned how to do Pro Tools. Uh, and then, yeah, we did it. And then it was like I couldn't, I couldn't get it to export, or like I couldn't figure oh, out no. how to like. It was something like I couldn't get the the tracks to. Um, have you ever Pro Tools? I feel like it's harder. Like the learning curve on Pro Tools, yeah, is we used way, to use it to record all the stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Because like I think Pro Tools is more for guys that like grew up in like a studio real right. environment or broadcast real environment. You know what I mean? So like, I think I wasn't routing my tracks right. So like, I could only like get one track at a time, you know, so I kept going like export and then it would just be like, you know, just like Jeff M's mic mm-hmm. and like, oh, and I'm like freaking out at like the time is clicking down. And finally, like I literally, I called my friend Neil uh, Weir who owns a studio uh, called Bluebell Knoll in uh, Dinkytown. And like, he was like literally on the phone and it was getting down. I mean, a few hours before the website was going to launch. And he <laughs> was like, we got to have the podcast, Yeah, you know, for, for launch because it was going to be like our new foray into like you know podcasting and like my friend neil was like on the phone on my cell with me just like walking me literally through, like okay press that okay do you see that yeah that okay yeah and like totally so it was it barely it almost didn't happen is what yeah. i'm saying but, but yeah i don't know i always had fun doing it i mean the other thing i think that people probably people didn't know is like people were so busy i honestly been like after i left i don't know how you got people hem down to like as much time as you did because I, I felt it was constantly just like trying to like hey man you got 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. man be, be, be real quick be real quick be real yeah. quick you know what mm-hmm. i mean so like it was just it was so scattershot because i felt like everyone was doing all this 
uh, you know, other stuff. And Imagine was, Andy hosting now. Like, thank God he's Andy, so he, yeah. people don't have a choice. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have that much go. juice. You know Whereas what I mean? So you know, especially with me, it was like, oh, will you please come down, check out the new podcast, sit down here for four hours. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just think it was so scattershot at the beginning, and like I always felt like it was barely happening like every week i was kind of just I remember like, the uploads oh. would always fail then i'd hear you uh, yeah. just screaming from your office oh at 7 p.m on, on yes. thursdays that that website had, yeah uh we, <laughs> we i mean we won't even talk about the cms of that old website yeah, being know, like something that we all have probably thing. like counseling for in the future I, but i remember one episode we we were down to record it and we used to have you know the headphones on when yep. we did that show oh, like the headset yeah the mic, and yeah. someone mm-hmm. was making just mouth noises as you were trying to get the get the computer working because yeah. I'm sure you know everything was falling apart again. <laughs> yeah. Someone was going, and you were just like, "Stop making noise!" And you got super pissed. In the was rest it of like? Us. Was Ooh. it like? I think Riker might have been doing it to like troll me. Maybe. That doesn't sound like yeah. Yeah. Riker. <laughs> Noble <Ow>. soul. <laughs> Who could? That's fun. Dan's like he's like the podcasting guru of yeah. what, WWE. Now? Yeah, he's the next Vince McMahon. Yes, I always thought he would be. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, sense. I mean, it was it was just like it was real by the seat of our pants, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably yeah. like my biggest. Do you remember like what it was modeled on? Do, were you listening to any video game podcast, or was it just as no. simple as like, well, podcasts are a thing. I guess we should make one. Let's go. Um, I guess that. Well, I had some thoughts because I felt like, um, we couldn't really do the kind of thing that maybe I don't know if you would call it like the giant bomb kind of formula, which I think a lot of podcasts are was sort of like a real like freewheeling because mm-hmm. a, I knew it was very unlikely I was going to get the same people for an extended period of time every week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I knew it was going to be like, somebody's going to be on a trip. Somebody's going to be like on this trip. Somebody's going to be on a cover trip or else like, you know, just, and generally like if we had to talk about a game nine times out of 10 at most, like two people in the office have probably played the game, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or three, if like Ryder and Andy had played it too. So I just I knew we couldn't do that kind of like, and also I just felt like being game informer, we know we probably weren't gonna, I don't, we probably weren't gonna like be totally like Gonzo and swear a lot and stuff like that. So I felt like that whole sort of like, hey, it's like this is a crazy crew of like four dudes kind of hanging out formula wasn't gonna yeah. work because I we wouldn't have continuity. So then then I just said like, well, I'm just gonna ch- kind of do it more like public radio, where we'll just have huh. like sort of interviews with people and like you know bumper music in between because I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't feel like the normal podcast thing was going to work mm-hmm. given the parameters and like the, you know, challenges that we faced. And yeah. also like, I didn't think we were going to be super like, Oh yeah. F this and F that kind of Save stuff. Save that for either. Gamer Gorilla. Exa- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's where we went off the rails. <laughs> Gamer yeah. Gorilla. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but you know, so I guess I, I actually thought more about NPR and stuff like that yeah, because that's a smart approach. Yeah. I just, I knew it was going to be by nature, like real tough to get this, you know, people yeah. on. So yeah, for sure. Uh, Caleb Murray says, Hey, min maxers with the advent of min tracks. I was, I was wondering if any of the computer loving cohorts. Oh, by the way, I feel like I got, it, we're new, but there's still inside jokes. So my hometown newspaper wrote about like the creation of min max. Oh, nice. Yeah. What and, paper? Uh, Lakes area review from, uh, new London. Are you Spicer, subscriber? Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it was one of those, like, I think it was a caption under a picture. Um, and they didn't know, really what was going on they weren't very game savvy and so they called they're like ben hansen and his computer loving cohorts <laughs> it's yeah. true yeah it's, it's not inaccurate it's, it's that's true. right we love computers computer right there look at that <laughs> yeah i do love it man yeah, so anyways uh, there's a lot of clcs or computer loving cohorts that's where that comes from that's, anyways that's awesome. so i was wondering if any of the computer loving cohorts were metalheads and if so what have they been listening to recently 
I've been listening to a lot of Paul Bearer and Rivers of Nahil, Nile uh, at work here recently. Have a lovely weekend. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of people want metal to be covered. I'm in trance. Okay. Do you yeah, have thoughts sure. on this? I don't know who the biggest metalhead is. Kyle, were you in a metal band? Yeah, I played a metal band. All right. Well, I'll go what with was it that called? <laughs> like Autumn Day Strangler. Nice. Yeah. You can go nice. find that on Bandcamp. That's metal. Sweet. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, we Julie. also, but uh, between the Buried and Me is my favorite metal band. It's the one that I still consistently listen to every time they release a new album. Yeah. Like I don't really listen to metal as much anymore. But between the Buried and Me, always amazing. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I know Bianca. I do know Paul Bear. They're pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, Bianca Reichert reached out to me, Dan's wife, by the way, and said, I would love to be a Mintrax and cover a metal oh, album that'd be of some awesome. sort. So maybe we can Skype around. That'd be super fun. Uh, Victor Pham says, hey, Computer Living Cohorts, what type of music do you gravitate the most towards, and what album do you think best encapsulates your taste in music? What is your taste in music, Helgus? Just everything? Uh, it's pretty broad. Yeah, I don't know if I could really... I mean, I always thought of you as a, a hip hop guy. Just I do, it, yeah, a lot. It seems yeah. like that's what you, yeah. But I mean, not not necessarily all either, though. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I can't really. It's hard. That's tough. I hate it when people ask me that yeah. question. <laughs> I remember. You asked, was he, so yeah. I was a big Donald Glover fan, yes. like just from Community and like YouTube and stuff. And I remember coming to you one day and being like, "Hey, should I care about Childish Gambino?" Like this is like way before like yeah, any yeah, yeah, uh, before he yeah. became big at all, and I remember you gave me a big rundown of like, all right, well, he's kind of like like nerd hip hop, yeah, like, yeah. and you gave me this whole rundown of who he was because I only knew him as an actor comedian, and I was curious about like this other side. I of think him, I would have liked him better if it, without the name, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> it was, but no, you know what? Actually, though, did you ever watch Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think that's like the best show, sort of like about or, or any type of like movie show about like sort of about hip hop, not yeah, totally yeah. about hip hop. Certainly, a big component of it. Like, I think that show is absolutely like a work of like genius. I yeah, think, I think Atlanta is like one of the best written TV shows I've ever seen in my life. So anyway, I, I that, that turned me around. I mean, I always liked him to a degree, but yeah. I was like, damn, like just because like, he was sort of like the visionary of that whole show was my yeah. impression. Yeah, that's an amazing show. Yeah, uh, Phil S has a weird one. He says, "Hey, I'm intrigued by the new Mintrax show. Thank you. You can subscribe to it." And it got me thinking: Is there any equivalent of an album for games? Maybe a collection of games that share a similar theme, concept, progression. My first thought would be like Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, Last Guardian. What do you think oh. of when you think of an album for video games? God, I feel like you got the best. Yeah. I feel like you just said the best example, honestly. Just bundling that stuff together and then. I kind of like, like, there's weird, so, like met, the Metroid genre is so popular now. You know Ooh, what I mean? Okay. Like just finishing Kunai and playing um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps right now. I feel like they have all kind of this like weird connective tissue where they're like, Thematically consistent, you know. I don't know. So just release it as one big bundle. Is that yeah, what it just is? A Metroid I mean, bundle. we talk about like an album for games. Is that it? We're just talking about bundles. That or yes. I'm still waiting for Derek Yu to put out the UFO 50. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's exactly it. Which is 50 different smaller games based on kind of the NES era right. as inspiration, but yeah. all created by different indie developers. And stuff. Oh, that's cool. I never yeah. heard of that. They've been working at it for years. I used to. Email him like every six months and be like, hey, we really want to check this out when it's done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Something I was thinking about that, and maybe this makes no sense, but in my mind, I thought, oh, no, maybe there's something here. I was thinking about at some point years ago making like uh, an album structure, but it'd be Let's Plays. So mm -hmm. it'd be just snippets from different Let's Plays, but it'd be like, you know, two and a half, three minutes from each. But wouldn't it be kind of fun just to take from different people recording Let's Plays, different games, but just thematically, they would all kind of fit hmm. some larger theme or something? Guess what, man? Yeah. This is what Disney Channel does. What? They have 
a collection of Let's Players, and they show like two to three minute clips of them all playing Celeste or all playing. Um, does it feel like an it. album? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, because you're saying they're like swearing it. And yeah, stuff, they bleep right? it out on the Disney Channel. It's so <laughs> weird. So weird. Yeah, wow. It's bizarre. Huh. So it's a good idea. Disney ripped you off, man. It's like a Disney. Is that on Disney idea. Plus or just a Disney Channel? It's Disney Channel. It's oh. like after 7 p.m. It turns into like Whoa. you know the gamer Disney zone. Channel after dark. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. The kids are asleep, so wow. let's watch, watch this. Watch nerds play video games. <laughs> yeah, Edgar Vasquez, uh, Cereal's brother, says, "Hey, what's something you love but have no skill talking about?" I cannot, for the life of me, talk about either movies or music in an in-depth manner. <laughs> if you did have something, how did you learn to talk about it? Yeah, I feel music was pretty rough, but then I started hosting that AFI music podcast with Jeff Cork. It's like, okay, that helped a little bit, but I was still, I'm so stupid. I was, I, we recorded, I don't know, 30 episodes of that podcast or something. And then finally, when trying to describe every AFI song ever written, somebody later on was like, yeah, the word you're looking for is the bridge. Ben, you keep describing like this kind of like oh, roll back yeah, into the chorus, yeah, 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 and you yeah, yeah. always talk about like, oh, it's such a cool AFI thing. They're like, no, that's just a very common music <laughs> term. Like, they they describe... invented that in like, it's like <laughs> I remember it was like oh, oh, 09 that AFI yeah, like invented oh, the yeah, bridge. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, they used to just stop life. the song and yeah. then just yeah. let you like bring the chorus. Really back what to do. Uh, but I think like politics is a big one for me. Yeah. Where it's like I love listening to other people talk about politics, not in real life, but just you know podcasts and stuff. But it's like I just feel like I can't talk about politics. I feel like such a blowhard. I get on a soapbox about it. Jeff, when we talk about in Slack, but it's always just like sharing yeah, a link. Fine. But talking about it. But you can talk it. about it. I, to me, this question is kind of more you don't understand the terminology and things like mm. that. Whereas you know what to call politicians. Oh. And yeah, fat criminals. But, uh, yeah. I, Whoa. Hey, hey. Turn it down, turn it down. Come on, turn it down. Turn it down. Turn yeah. it down. I, I was going to bring up uh, <laughs> like maybe five years ago, I decided I was going to start drinking wine. Oh, and no. become a wino, and and so every every <laughs> cool. every month I would go and get a couple different bottles of wine, and then I was trying I was just for my own sake I was trying to write down you know just little reviews of each one of what I liked about each one mm-hmm. so that I knew in the future when I was done with this experiment which ones to go back and continue buying, and it it was just a nightmare of <laughs> of not knowing any words. So I'd be I you know I taste and be like this is. Jammy, I guess. Or <laughs> it's sour. This one's this one's bitter, I guess. And just and the the way that you know people who drink and appreciate wine in our culture speak about wine. It's like, oh, it's very I, impressive. I, I'll never be able to do this. If you remember on the first episode of Min Snacks, which is our food review show with Serial Vasquez, uh, I asked him to describe how a hamburger tastes, and <laughs> he paused for a minute and then goes mushy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's it. Well, I don't know if I could describe how a hamburger tastes. It's a I tough know. one, right? Yeah. I mean, that was going to be my example. It's just food. It's yeah. like yeah. describing food. Yeah. Did Did Edgar write that that question just because he's watching his brother do min snacks? And I think it's because of music. I think it's because of min no, snacks. Sure, sure. uh, so Nick Olson says, happy relaunch. Huzzah. Thank you, Nick. He says, hey, really excited to hear the brassy baritone of Matt Helgeson this mm. week. And the question is for him. What have been some of your favorite games since leaving the industry? Mm. Have you played much? Do you feel like you really slowed down on that front? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like, how emo does this want to get? I, I, I did kind of feel weird, like, when I left Game Informer. Like, I almost, like, didn't want to, like, play games. Or, yeah. like, I just oh, felt, sure, like, sure. almost, like, I don't know. I mean, you, you, guys, well, you guys have gone through right? it, too. Like, I mean, working at Game Informer is kind of, like, I don't know. People, like, recognize, you know, what you do for a living and things like that. So, I guess it was kind of hard. I felt like I needed to kind of just separate myself from that. I mean, I, this is getting, like I said, kind of no, emo or whatever. No, it's interesting. Yeah. You seem like 
the most interested in just kind of like I got to detach from like this constant argument online about games. Yeah, that was much. part of it too. Yeah, I mean, I really that was it, it was getting to be a drag too, man. Just like mm-hmm. oh my god, like I finally like unfollowed so many video game stuff like on Twitter. It was just like yeah. I couldn't handle it anymore because I just don't really. Uh, you know, it's like caring about like loot crates and stuff. I just like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I just don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't, like buy them or not, whatever. But, but uh, yeah, so I guess I really, it was like a long time. And then actually the, probably the most fun thing that I did was like, I got um, an NES or SNES classic. Oh, oh nice. Okay. And that was just like fun because it was like, I think it was, you know, I mean, we got it in like late fall. I don't remember when it came out, but. And then over the winter, and it was just kind of fun because it was like they weren't online, and like there was like no reason to be playing it to like be like current or. And some of them I remembered. Some of them it was kind of ones like, like you, I never had a chance to play back then, or like I'd been mm-hmm. curious about. But you know, like I lived in a pretty small town, so like you know, stuff I could choose from was fairly limited. Yeah. you know what I mean. And uh, you weren't spoiled with Joe and Mac. No, no, <laughs> no. But you know, it was it that's, that was really probably like the most fun. It was just kind oh, of nice. just like. And a lot of those games I thought held up really well, and it was I, yeah. I really had a blast with that. I just recently the most recent game I bought was uh, uh, Control, which I've just oh, kind of nice. started. So I'm not really, but that that was just sort of like it was on sale somewhere, and you know I'd heard so much at sort of the year end uh, in January, like the year end list and stuff. Yeah, I got Game Informer's Game of the Year. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'm far enough to like really, you know, hazard a thing. It's yeah. I'm sort of just like. It's a confusing office, spooky, <laughs> spooky office. Yeah. Um, There's some crazy music stuff in that game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I'm sure. I mean, they've always been good at the um, yeah atmospherics and things like that of games for yeah. sure. I don't, I mean, remedy. So yeah, so that's. I mean, that yeah, it, it was sort of a long time where I didn't really play much at all, and then yeah, like, so. But well, here's a related question from Camden. It says, hey, y'all, uh, how and why do you continue caring about video games when things in the real world are dire? Uh, <laughs> writing about games every day is my job, and I've been having a really hard time focusing on my work lately, given current events. If it wasn't my job, I'd probably just take a break, but I don't have much of a choice but try to force myself to care. Jeff, you seem like the peak example of trying to strike that balance. Do you yeah. find it tough to care about video games at times? Oh, yeah, for sure. And and there are, I think I also go through kind of the same peaks and valleys that Helgeson was talking about of just not wanting to play stuff for certain periods of time as well. But, mm-hmm. I mean, specifically about this, I guess, it's kind of it's kind of like saying, hey, things are going crazy in the world right now. I shouldn't be sleeping, you know? Like, you're going to have downtime. You can, you can still play games and enjoy games when you want to. I, I sympathize with feeling the need to keep, to stay current on everything mm-hmm. and kind of, consume that constant drip feed of video game news but for other people you can enjoy it when you want to and check out when you don't yeah, yeah. that was really freeing to me it was like not feeling like i had to play mm-hmm. kind of realizing that you don't have to play anything like, you, <laughs> yeah. you certainly don't have to play something because a bunch of people are like talking about it wait so what mm-hmm. oh, i don't what is this feeling you do have to play everything <laughs> yeah just but stay, yeah, stay mean, down in the basement till you finish <laughs> You had 16 years of like, you gotta keep well, up with this. It's just that constant feeling like, oh man, I'm behind on this. Yeah. Oh, I should meet. And then it's sort of the end of the year. I would always do this thing where I like, just like check stuff out and like like play it for two nights just mm-hmm. to kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. get, get taste, the general yeah. vibe of it. Yeah. Like yeah. hopefully get it like maybe, you know, four or five hours in and just kind of like, so you, when we we're talking about the game of the year thing, you just sort of be like able to be like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you were the best though for, I remember we had a top 10 debate and the debate was top 10 mechs and people kept recommending robots and 
I was in the camp of robots different from mechs. Let's respect mechs. Keep it a mech pure list. And then after about 20 minutes of intense arguing about what's a mech and what's a robot, you said, "What's no matter? We're all gonna die someday. Let's move on." <laughs> it was just like, I yeah, there was a few times. Man. That, that is life advice that I think back to oftentimes. <laughs> it's, it's the that just felt like put things in perspective. Particularly like yes. the most ridiculous. I mean, I don't know. Those year end meetings were just um, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> They were just. We stream dire. them over here, so we try and keep them uh, up. Oh, yeah, and they you moving. should know that when we. I mean, like the GI one was like, by the end, though, it's like everyone hates each other. <laughs> yeah. At least one person is sort of like left work early, aka like stormed out because they're so upset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there was one year I just like, I don't know, Andy was so like getting on my nerves. I just was like, I, I, this is dumb. Like, I, this is my life. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Or you... Kato, Kato was like pretty much like there from like minute one. Yeah, like, that was kind of like started line. at like a, a nine, yeah, yeah. and went to like a twelve on annoyance. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. the The nice thing about the the one that we did at the year end was we were all actually happy with the list at the yeah, end. Yeah, that was a weird. And feeling, there weren't yeah. any hurt feelings at the end. Yeah, we all felt like we had been oh, listened to. Oh, yelled and... at me about that Rick and Morty game a lot. Yeah, I just yeah. think that was overrated. That's true. <laughs> but three, right. out that of was four, a jerk. I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. It was. I liked it. Holding hints. Holden for Holden Holden for Holden himself. Uh, he mm-hmm. says, hey, New Max, sure, whatever. Uh, <laughs> hey, please rank the top five hand gestures of all time. Peace sign, Spider-Man web shoot, thumbs up. Mm. So, this? Thumbs, thumbs up right? is like number this? one, right? Okay, you need to describe it for the audio listeners, I'll go in. It's a devil signs, yeah, devil horn. Okay. Thumbs up. Peace yeah. sign. The, you do the okay? okay? I mean, thumbs up has to be number one. Is it okay offensive now? Isn't that like a white power symbol? I heard that. Well, yeah. it's like on the forehead, I think. There's a, oh, there's okay. a whole thing there. Anyway, yeah, I don't what know about the details. People don't do hang loose anymore. Yeah, <laughs> no. That's, and that's what's wrong with this well, society. Pretty, yeah, yeah, we need to middle finger is pretty high up there. I mean, I mean yeah. It's yeah. no Sufi. More of a How about we're number one? Kind of that's, a t- that's a we're number one. Yeah. But what about I, just like most efficient? I mean, like thumb, most helpful. Thumbs, thumbs up, up I use all the time. Yeah. Yeah. To this day. Still doing thumbs up a lot. Yeah. Thumbs up can also be like... Adapted quickly to pointing too. Yeah, like, like you <laughs> know, get out of here, get out of here, buddy. Yeah. Is thumbs up not hey. pointing to the sun? Is that? That's right. Oh, yeah, okay. go to the sun. Uh, Adam Moran says, "What's up, M Squad? Uh, I'm a lover of games, big and small, and don't necessarily need one to be at the cutting edge of graphics to enjoy it. But can we talk about?" Some of that eye candy for a second. <laughs> yes, we can, Adam. All right. Uh, he says, hey, I just played the Final Fantasy VII demo, and at one point, a force cloud into a corner just so that pretty mug was up close against the camera. All right. This is creeping me out. He <laughs> <laughs> says, I was amazed by both the textures and surprisingly realistic eye movement animations. Didn't have that dead eye look that so many other games have. So whether it's the Alien Planet Horizons of the Dead Space series or the crazy realistic facial and movements of Naughty Dog, what has wowed you visually throughout your video game life? Throughout. Yeah. Yeah. It could be current, but I think it's kind of yeah. fun to, to look back on those moments. It was like, Jesus yeah. Christ. I mean, we talked about Ori a lot earlier. I mean, yeah. that, that one just comes to mind because I really was just like, holy cow, this looks incredible. You yeah. Know? Um, I, I Even th- when like we played the first game, it's like you know yeah. what that frame of yeah. reference is and then still. But yeah. there's still like one that I always think of is like walking out in the field in Ocarina of Time for mm. the first time. Just, just like with the sun setting and stuff like that was like really stunning. That's yeah. one that comes to mind for me. I think of like launch ps2 and it was tech and tag tournament mm. specifically it was like the hardwood flooring on one of the arenas in tech and tag tournament like the lighting bouncing off the hardwood flooring it was like that's this it. is it we're done yep there's that oh, get any better jeff cork told the story sometimes that the first time he played soul caliber on dreamcast he said he thought to himself video game graphics will not ever get any better than this <laughs> which yeah. i just love i can't believe yeah. he was right 
Yeah, that's yeah. prescient, man. That was amazing. Yeah, but you know, I remember saying that like playing like Super Mario Brothers three. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> you know I mean? like, honestly, I don't blame like, him. I, just, I don't like, think he was wrong. Like I've had that reaction before. Like we've you know, hit the apex, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I remember some of that like for just cool art design. I mean, I always thought Naughty Dog has always like every step of the way, like with every generation, really pushed probably the best of like more graphics, yeah. especially oh, the totally, Last of yeah. Us and stuff like that. Um, but some of that stuff they were doing. Capcom was doing a bunch of stuff like Beautiful Joe, Okami, oh, Killer yeah, Seven. Yeah. Like they were, they had that weird like little period where they're doing these kind Capcom of like five, yeah, yeah, like the Capcom Five, yeah. But like oh, I remember playing through Okami, and that that game was gorgeous. Yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful game. I remember seeing Okami on G Four on the video game mm-hmm. television show, and just being like, I, I was like, that, I can't believe a video game can look like that. Like it was, yeah. just, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, I think like this generation, I think the biggest wow moment I had, and this is weird, but it was playing The Order, 1886, which isn't a great game, but like visually, I kind of want to go back to it to see how how well it holds up, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, That was unbelievable. What was that game that looked like a kind of a Steamboat Willie era? Oh, um, Cuphead? Cuphead, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Cuphead, yeah. 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 That was a cool, that was cool graphic design. Yeah. But that's more, I guess, I don't know what. it, yeah, know. it's not graphics you know so much. It's just like, like, yeah, yeah, like design versus like graphics. And yeah. we and, and Jeff, you should check out this game, um, Red Dead Redemption Two. It looks really, really good. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. Did yeah. you see? By the way, beating down Brian's. I did. It was uh, very Wall good. of Heroes slide. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there it is, right there. there For the audio listeners, it's. Have uh, you not played that game or something? He hasn't refused. finished it. I've oh. played like thirty hours of it, but I just refuse to do the story missions and the incredible, the incredible oh, see, see, story see, missions. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Chris Logan writes in and says, "Benny and the computer loving jets." Hello, I spent an alarming amount of time thinking about a listener's email from a long, long time ago, back on the Game Informer show. The guy who wrote in just admitted to parking at the gas pump with no intention of buying <laughs> gas whenever he shopped at a convenience store. I believe his question was, "Does this make me an asshole?" And the panel agreed emphatically, "Yes." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, here's my follow-up question to the guy's email. Is it rude to park at a gas pump, get gas, then leave the car there while you go inside and shop and use the restroom, stretch your legs? No. I personally think I earned the right to the spot by buying gas. However, a friend of mine vehemently disagrees and insists you move your car to a parking spot before you do any shopping. No. That's fine. Because, I mean, I'm just... We're going to grandfather it in mm-hmm. years and years ago before there was card, like, pay at the pump with that took your credit card. People would go oh, in. Yeah. And, like, you had to, to yeah. go in and, like, pay, right? So... I mean, I guess if it's if it's a super busy day and there's oh, like lines, maybe that's you, true. Yeah, you gotta but, feel it out. But yeah, if you're, you're like yeah, eleven thirty no, at night, yeah, yeah, a side road, I think I, I think, think you're, you're good to go. Uh, mm. Let's see. Uh, Musky Goron says, "Howdy, Ben Max Crew. Quick question for y'all: What is your guilty pleasure movie? I have a couple, but I think the movie that I feel most guilty about loving is Camp Rock, the Disney Channel original <laughs> film. That movie rips. He says. <laughs> I think like, there's some movies like right when I got cable uh, for the first time, which was maybe like ninth grade or something like that yeah i just would watch endlessly and one of them was like the Lindsay lohan freaky friday <laughs> i remember watching oh, that wow. like three Make times in a week and being like this is a fun movie this is objectively just a fun movie to watch I'll never seen that, that. Uh, i hear it's pretty good it's up there with Watchmen. yeah <laughs> uh pretty much anything with rob schneider in it i, I still like those dumb movies like i like him and stuff yeah yeah, yeah all right <laughs> he's he is a funny guy. Have it you doesn't. Seen? I don't care. I know it's stupid. <laughs> Everyone knows it's stupid. Rob Schneider knows it's stupid. But uh-huh. in that same just, vein, they just have fun. I'd never seen it, but recently it was like an Amazon Prime. So have you ever seen the Ladies Man movie with Tim Meadows? No, no. Will Ferrell's in that, right? Like that's it's insane. Yeah, it's like you can't. The whole time you're just like, I can't believe this is like a movie that people like <laughs> yeah. made. What's the plot of Ladies Man? Well, 
I don't remember. He <laughs> has a lot of sex with women, and right I think on, there's man. some like spy stuff going on or something. I can't remember. <laughs> it's more it's more of a performance driven, right? Less of a narrative. There's a character study more than a narrative driven movie. Yeah. Mm. I'd say. Um, yeah, better or worse than Night at the Roxbury? Oh, probably better. <laughs> I've never seen Night at. The, I don't. I mean, I'm, I think I've seen it like a, years and years ago. Yeah. But it's been a while. Uh, couple quick ones like kids movies yeah uh, storks i think is super underrated i think storks is is really good i never saw that yeah huh. and then last night i watched ferdinand Spy. was okay did you see that? which one ferdinand yeah john yeah, cena was okay was right. the bull yeah yeah and then last night i watched uh, spies in disguise the will smith oh, yeah. secret agent surprisingly funny found myself laughing a lot in the first 30 minutes the whole sequence where he turns into a bird that they showed a little bit of in the trailer yeah the full sequence very funny. All right. That movie made me yeah. laugh. I was, I really surprised me. That sounds hey, good. You know what other underrated kids movie? Huh? Boss Baby. <sighs> Everyone gave it so much crap. It's a dumb I don't name. love Boss Baby. I haven't it's, seen it. It's I've seen it funny. multiple times. It's funny. Right, and I've watched right, right. the Damn, Netflix dude. show. <laughs> Why are you watching show? so much Boss that's Baby? That's my kid here. loves it. I don't know. Huh, it's like what do three seasons. Is? is it just baby being goofy and that's funny? Yeah. I, I want to give no, a shout out to baby's super like, serious. There's actually there is. Uh, a I don't whole even feel universe. guilty, but like Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> like I love that. Like I'm obsessed. Kind of becoming obsessed with that movie. <laughs> like I might have watched it like five times this year. That's one where he says this pain, year, <laughs> or he says pain don't hurt. It's kind of like weird. It? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's just something about. It's so weird. It's just like so absurd on so yeah. many levels, and then. The way it ends, like the final scene is just like so absurd. And this, the whole pretense that like there's this underground of like bouncers that are like well known and like people try to like, you know, get like, you know, poach the greatest bouncers from like other bars. It's just, it's amazing. I remember, I've never seen it. Raw Party has another etiquette question says, Hey, handsome in the cohorts. Hello. I have a question about etiquette. So I live, uh, in the big city of Dallas, and people are always handing over phones or cameras to get pics at places. When I was younger, I would always happily take pictures for people, but getting much older and finding people much more rude, not even asking and just handing the device over, I've been turning them away. Do you have any stories similar where you've gotten fed up and stopped being nice and started getting real? Am I just a, <laughs> am I just a rude boy now? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think you're being rude. I love taking pictures for but other But they people. should ask. Well, don't. Yeah, obviously I mean, that's yeah. too much. On well, their like, who end, just but, hands a stranger yeah, a device weird. with like no word, just like just, just like away. shove an iPad in somebody's hand. Like I, they could just like take off Dallas style. I think they call it Dallas style. But uh, not. Yeah, I, you should. As long as I ask at all, you know. Like, I'm the flip. I like doing that so much. If I see people like struggling with a selfie, I will volunteer. I probably do that once every two months. I'm yeah. Just like, hey, do you want me to take a photo? And they're always appreciative, and I'm always very. Uh, thoughtful with the lighting. I'm I'm very precise about this. I do the same thing, but then I take it and I take a selfie of myself. Yeah, and then just smart. give it back to him and then sprint yeah. away. Smart. Uh, let's see. Travis Manick says, "What are some of your favorite logos in the gaming industry?" Uh, there is this Patreon I'm a part of that has a pretty cool new one. Oh, thanks, Travis. But I also <laughs> really like the N64 logo. Any games uh, or consoles have standout logos? Also, Mark Garcia also wrote in with the exact same question. Oh, that was weird. Hmm. That N64 one is good. Like, I remember yeah. learning to draw it, like, in school and stuff because I was so obsessed with N64. Yeah. And also the original PlayStation logo with the kind of shadow yeah. thing. Yeah. That's a good logo. It is solid, yeah. I always, yeah. I always think of Neversoft when I think of logos. Just, just the that greatest. eyeball is so creepy. Mm-hmm. Neversoft and Blizzard are really up there for just the biggest abominations Whoa, of logos. I just had a thought, though. Do you think Neversoft, were they kind of like, was the, the eyeball spike, was that sort of like a, a spoof of Pixar? Oh, I don't oh, think like, so. Uh, hey, like did the they lamp? have it like jump in in the beginning? I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. Uh, I don't think so. I oh, think the Rockstar, Rockstar's got a good logo. Just good classic. Yeah, yeah that'll age so well. That's a very yeah. like iconic. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
I was, you never uh, have to change. Back at Gameform where we wrote a feature about Corey Schmitz, the logo designer. Um, he did like Santa Monica Studio, uh, just a ton of games, Control, uh, yeah. stuff like that. The Oculus logo, which is yeah, good exactly, one. yeah. But I asked him about his favorite logo in the industry, and he's like, "Oh, I mean, just the Nintendo logo. Like, I was just you forget say, about like, it." Just so the, what it, the outline with the kind of oblong? Yeah, I guess internally thing. they call it the racetrack logo, but it's like, yeah, okay. There's that's, a, that's there's that's a story a while ago. It was uh, oh. the Reggie Fizeme podcast where he's talking about how in the '90s they wanted to make it. They were trying to make edgy. it. Yeah, yeah. and he oh. knocked him down. Told, and this like goes to the beginning, but the Atari original Atari logo is great. Yeah, with the three. Yeah, like that's a just it is as yeah. far as like a graphic design. Like that's just a great logo. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. I like the Ubisoft one too. Even like the little refinement they made, just like I nice love simple. Ubisoft. Really, just nice simple swirl. Really, anti Ubisoft. All right. Uh, Tim Conlon says. Uh, Ahoy, Ben Hansen, and the CLCs. I just checked out the new MinMax merch, and I love the new logo and designs. Thank you. Very sweet. Um, maybe I could ask a question. <laughs> What's your favorite article of clothing you've ever owned? Mm. 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 I had a, like a Dickie jacket mm-hmm. in high school that I covered in patches that I really loved, like mm. a lot of bands. And then my brother bought me like the Ghostbusters like shoulder patch. That I put That's on nice. there, which was cool. Nice. Yeah. So, and I, th- I still have it. I, I don't wear it anymore, but like it's one. I'm pretty good about getting rid of clothes and getting rid of things, especially yeah. lately. But that's one that I've been like, I don't, I don't think I want to get rid of it. I wore it like, like any picture of me in high school. I'm yeah. like wearing that jacket. So. You retain your youth. I get it. <laughs> it's tough. I have a shirt that I got from the Large Hadron Collider uh, oh. when I went there with Ben Reeves. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I'll hang on to that for a long time. I love that weird thing. And Jeffum loves his Horizon Zero Dawn shirt. That's right. Great. Justin Swart. That is true. Justin Swart writes in and says, hey, CLCs. First, I wanted to welcome Matt Helgeson to MinMax. I started listening to the GI show when he was hosting, so it's good to hear him back behind the mic. Uh, Metacritic recently published their annual game publisher rankings based solely on the quality of 2019 releases. Can you guess which publisher had the best 2019? Nintendo? Oh, you know, I, Nintendo's I, number three. I was about to say, Nintendo just didn't release a lot last year, so it's I don't pretty, think, yeah. Um, Activision? is number two. Okay. Think about few, but strong releases. I think we even talked about on the podcast, of like, hey, hello, Capcom? Street. Sony. Nope. Not Those Capcom or Sony? Capcom's five, Sony is number 22. What? I don't Rock. know. Metacritic, who knows? Hmm. Think about, we were just talking about Game of the Year. Remedy? <laughs> Microsoft? 505 Games? 505 Games. Oh. Number one publisher for 2019 according um, to Metacritic. Yeah, uh, Bloodstained, yep. Control, Indivisible. and Indivisible. Yep. Yeah. And I think there must have been some other smaller ones too that just apparently scored really well. And they're doing the PC version How did of they Death do Stranded. that though? Like what if somebody just like released one? Like what if it was not this year, but like what if it was like Rockstar and like a Red Dead Redemption? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, was just like basically says, one game that was almost like a 10. Apparently minimum of five distinct titles oh, okay, is how they okay. rank. That makes sense. That's Checks cool. out. Uh, let's yeah, five see. Five on five had a good year. They're, they're, all, they're climbing. Yeah. Brandon Freem says, hey, uh, let's say I've got a friend named Johnny Noob and they're looking to get into video games but hasn't played anything since before the 360 PS3 era. I would love to hear your recommendations for the best game to play from the following categories. The best. Okay. Okay. Since... Before the 360 PS3 era, what is the best music rhythm game? The best music rhythm game. I mean, it's like if you have a group, you go Rock Band. Just I guess at this point, yeah, Rock Band Four. I, I guess it's make a little it complicated. Modern. I guess it's complicated. I mean, I think that's the most fun you could have, but I think best playing is Amplitude on PS4. Uh, but if it's like a single player, yeah, throw them a, a 3DS and some Rhythm Heaven. <laughs> No? I mean, I love Rhythm Heaven, but it's so simple that it's not. Yeah, yeah. 
musically satisfying. Well, yeah, that's not true. For like a casual gamer who hasn't yeah. played games in a while, Rhythm gonna, Heaven would be a tough one to handle. I thought them. you were going to say theater rhythm for a second. I was trying to think of like, where are you going on the 3DS? Uh, Metroidvania. The best Metroidvania since that generation. Um, You know, it's probably not my personal one, but Hollow Knight is one of those games that just everyone loves. Like even people that don't play like a ton of games who yeah. happen upon it, like in the same way Dark Souls and like that... Bloodborne, I feel like people find it who aren't big gamers. Hollow Knight just really clicks with people. So, like, I, I think that's the one I would recommend. Yeah. Since, Hollow Knight. since PS3, yeah. 360, does Axiom Verge count? Yeah. 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 Axiom Verge count. Yeah. You'd go I that? Guess. Yeah. There it is. Uh, best platformer Donkey Kong Country, uh, Tropical Freeze. Really? I Over, like, so. Super Meat Boy? Yeah, for me. Yeah. Hmm. I like it more than that for that game. Mm. But Meat Boy was 360. Sure. And first-person puzzle game, that's just Portal 2? I mean, yeah, Portal 2, but... Or The that Witness. Was a, that was a 360 game, so maybe The Witness, if you want to go more recent. Yeah. Sure. The yeah. Witness is on iPhone, I think. Is it really? I think so, yeah. Weird. Fabled Ursa says, Hey, friends, what's your favorite regional fast food joints that are not available locally? I love me some Bojangles, but I haven't had the pleasure of partaking in quite a few years. <laughs> Number I, one, I have a strong opinion. Oh, please. It's uh. Well, by the way, where do you live, Kyle? You out in? Uh, I'm in Cottage Grove, CG? which is like southeast yeah, yeah. of the city. You're not that yeah. far. Okay. Oh. West St. Paul. Oh. There's a place uh, called El Pollo Campero. I okay. I know where that is. Yeah. And it's basically like the Kentucky Fried Chicken of like Central America, and for some reason they have one here Weird. in the entire Twin Cities area. Okay. And it's it's kind of. I know exactly what it is because yeah, there's like yeah, that really good that donut drag, place next like, to it. Where there's yeah. a Sonic and like and a Granny's bunch of Donuts. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. We um, know we're talking. <laughs> that place is like, yeah. Which is okay. some, this is some like West St. Paul, like, yeah. like yeah, inside yeah, yeah. baseball. Like, I'll check. I've driven by that a number of yeah, times. I'll like, check it out for sure. Yeah, yeah. go to Mauer Chevrolet and then just. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it's so good. Day. It's like it's like way better than KFC. It's got spicy kind of like breading on it, and the sides are really good because you can get like black beans or like, um, like plantain fries, stuff like that, oh, and then you eat, right. like salsas, variety of different salsas. Yeah. Really good. Nice. Pollo Campero, C-A-M-P-E-R-O. Yeah. So All right, I'll check it out soon. This one's tricky, but I'm outraged that Coco Curry doesn't have more of an establishment in the States. It's like mm. Japanese curry, it's awesome, get a beer, have some great curry. It's kind of like the level of like a Chipotle or something, but like they have, what, two in L.A., I think? Yeah. And it's like, man, Americans would love this. Like, that w- there's no way that would not be successful if you open up a Coco Curry in Minneapolis. Come on. It's right there. Put one in the Mall of America or something. Please. Please do. I'll call them up and beg for it. Uh, Me and uh, JV used to commiserate about the lack of Zaxby's chicken oh, that's right. here in Minnesota. So. And what's so special about Zaxby's? It's just a really good chicken place, good chicken sandwiches, good chicken strips. Okay. It's like in the southeast mostly. Yeah? How do you yeah. feel about Raising Cane's? I, I'm, I'm for them. They're good. I like them. But I like Zaxby's more. But okay. it is the same kind of tier of, of chicken fast food for yeah, sure. Canes is good. Yeah. yeah. Lewis oh, Cain. Like Texas toast is a nice little treat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it when you helps. know you're going to get like the fries and yeah. the thing, but then a little. You get a couple extra Texas pieces. Toast, it's like you know? it's like 80 cents to throw in yeah, a couple yeah. extra pieces yeah. of yeah. Texas toast. It's great. <laughs> uh, Lewis Cain says, hey, I would feel extremely weird if I suddenly had to appear in front of thousands of strangers and broadcast my opinions on my work and what I enjoy. Correct. Uh, how did each of you adjust to, quote, becoming a personality and being put in front of an audience on the Game Informer show and now for MinMax? I think it'd be so bizarre if my job started up a YouTube channel or similar and having to transition from completing a job in an office environment to being thrust into the limelight of the hot opinion world of podcasting. Yeah, it's weird. It's, a little narcissism helps, I think. 
Oh, really? Like enjoying it to a certain degree, but like it does scare me sometimes. Yeah. You how much you love yourself? No, just like the <laughs> fact that everything you say can be picked apart and used against you. Right. Yeah. Right. Are are we personalities though? Yeah. I kind of read that as like you're putting on a show to some degree. And I feel like most of the I time we're just sharing our opinions. I think personality doesn't imply way. you're changing your own personality for the sake of the recording. I think it's more people are able to identify you that you don't know mm. by your personality. No, I, Does yeah, that make sense? Like people, in theory, watch and listen to all this because they know us and they want to hear our our thoughts that they've come to learn over the course of time. Yeah, please you know? write in. Let us know why you watch or listen to this. We really <laughs> appreciate it. very foreign to us. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's ever really been a conscious thing, at least like in Game Informer, like, oh, I doing more and more video. It. I don't think it's a matter of like, there was no big... You know, meeting about like, okay, you play up this angle, then oh, you play yeah, up no, this angle. Yeah, it's just kind like of like, that. yeah. You I can... never thought about it just because I was, like, frankly, like touching on what I said before, I was just so happy to get it done. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, every week I felt like it was going to fall apart before Thursday at like seven o'clock oh, or whatever. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just, like, I, I never really had time to like consider. I mean, what you guys are doing now is a little bit different. I think with Patreon and stuff like that, it's more like this kind of direct fan support. Yeah. But to me, it was kind of right. like, honestly, it was just like, I had to get a review done, or I had to get a preview done, or I had to like to get the interview. There's another assignment done. It was sort of like on I had your list. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Good. I'm done. I mean, do you ever think about how many thousands of people out there no. like the sound of your voice, though? No, it doesn't console you at night at all. <laughs> no, I never thought about it like that. You know what I mean? That would be. I don't think I should go down those roads. <laughs> okay. Right? I, I would say that it, it was weird doing the video game spelling bee that we did. Oh yeah. The, uh, at a during the weekend, yeah. because that was the first time really that it felt like we were sitting in front of an actual audience who may or may not know who we were or care. It seemed like 99% of people did not know who we yeah, were and did not They care. had just seen they video game fun, trivia. And yes, we eventually had fun. Well, we were that, releasing the audio for Patreon uh, supporters. That was the first week. time where it was like, oh, we're people are listening and we and they may not like us. <laughs> and so... It, that that felt more personality kind of yeah. driven. Then. You're scanning the crowd looking for somebody yeah. that's going to start booing you on stage. <laughs> yeah, was that scary for you? No, I mean it was it was fine because we knew we kind of had a, a format locked down. Hundred percent. So, so it wasn't too much vamping or anything. When you went to the bathroom, that threw a real a real wrench in it. Yeah, in the middle of the spelling bee, I was like, hey, I'm going to run to the bathroom. Uh, you guys can talk or just you know relax or whatever. And then I was recording it, and then when I got home, I went back and listened to the recording, <laughs> and I didn't know that it was genuinely just you guys like sitting there in silence. I tried with the crowd you, in front yeah. of you. I tried to talk. I tried to keep it yeah. going. You asked if anyone had any questions, and no one yeah. <laughs> said or did anything. <laughs> so I explained the game we were going to play. I oh, did my man. best. All right. I want some credit here. All right, no, you did it, man. You did it. Yeah. I just looked at the waveform and said, "Oh no, <laughs> what have we run?" Uh, anyways, Beefcake Z says, "Hello, all. I have a game I've been sitting on for weeks." I don't know if it'll be fun, but here it goes. Uh, it's called Same Game, Wrong Name. Below, I've listed popular games with the words changed to a different word with the same meaning. So he's swapped game names okay. with synonyms for every word, right? Uh, I mostly use thesaurus.com to change the names. All titles have some amount of word words as the original title. You're welcome to use a th thesaurus. For example, Dark Souls could have been called Bleak Spirits. That's a hard one. Anyways, okay, let's go with, oh man, we can't start with that one. <laughs> okay, hang on. You trying to find an easier one yeah, to kick uh, us off with? Deity of Conflict. God, God of War. Of War. Oh, geez, Who won that? Right? All uh, of us. Culinary Parent. Uh, Cooking, Cooking Mama. Mama. Wow. Way to go. Chimpanzee Flea. 
Ape Escape. Ape Escape. Dang. Man, Mausoleum Marauder. Tomb Raider. Yeah, oh, nice. Jeff, I'm killing it. It's almost like you're like a professional writer. It's kind of cool. Skyline, nothing, City Daybreak. Horizon Zero Dawn Horizon. Yeah, oh, hey, way to go. Uh, Beelzebub. Diablo. Uh, yes, uh, Jeff. Um, uh, Creature Junction. Monster. Animal Crossing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. This is confusing. Road Warrior. Street Fighter. Yeah. Oh, way to go. That's, that's a good, good one. one. That's like a good that. one because you get like sucked into it being a real thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay, this is my favorite. <laughs> Shovel Shoveled. Dig Dug. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yours too good. Holy oh my god. I like that one. Did you submit this game? Are you beefcake? <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing. Can you go pro? That was cool. Or... I'm not even gonna try. Jeff's just <laughs> Yeah, no, he's unstoppable. I mean shovel shoveled. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and was like, this game's gonna be impossible. <laughs> uh let's see. Uh Jesse says, Hey, computer loving cohorts, uh the weather has finally begun to turn warm here in British Columbia and it's given me some serious spring fever. What are your favorite spring slash summertime activities? Personally I love to camp, hike, fish, and bike. Thanks and congrats on the relaunch. Thank you. Favorite spring summertime activities. Uh I have just been itching for months to be able to get out and go on walks again around my neighborhood. Yeah. Because I I am supposed to be exercising all the time and it's it's just I have I I may as well my heart might as well just explode at what this point. What do you mean you're supposed to be exercising all the time? Because I have terrible cholesterol and so I I am supposed to actually be exercising, but it's like I, I guess I can do burpees in my living room, you know, so or I can that. get out and ha- take a nice walk around mm-hmm. my neighborhood with my wife, mm. and and it's we're finally there. We can do it. Our shoes get a little wet so far, but yeah, that's all right. We're past like peak deep, terrible slushy puddle season in yeah. Minnesota here, so we're definitely getting there. But yeah. yeah, I've been craving the summer more than I think I ever have, and this winter isn't even that bad. Maybe it's no. also because I'm. Working from home, so I don't have to drive through the snow yeah, or anything at all. But still, I'm just I am dying to like get out to my lake place and just lay around for a weekend. It seems yeah. Really yeah. awesome. Yeah, I got into riding a couple miles a day on the bike like last summer. Oh yeah, and I hit a point with when it got too cold. So like I'm I'm excited to get back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, I'm biking. I like to bike. I like to bike. Yeah? I like to bike to work. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be so good about like taking like the grand rounds in the Twin Cities, Mm -hmm. like a bike path. And I didn't do it once last summer. I feel like I really fell off. Mm -hmm. So I got to, I got to get on that again. Anyways. And also tennis. I like playing in the summer. Yeah. Um, You would. It's very fun. (laughs) Uh, Hugo H2P says, Hey, I'm, am I the only one that thinks it's weird that in video games, you need to keep jumping and moving to get out of quicksand? If someone's first contact with quicksand is through a platformer, <laughs> then they find themselves in a real-life pile of kick quicksand, that poor chap is doomed. Right? It's yeah. point. You sink faster? Point. Yeah, I yeah. learned from the Door of the Explorer live-action movie that you're supposed to lay on your back and kind of wiggle your way up. Really? Yeah. Hmm. What year do you think the last person died <laughs> from quicksand was? Is uh, quicksand a real thing? I've never really been is. totally clear on like, But yeah. I mean, is it is it like... It, how it is in the movies, or is it sort I, of no. like just makes I think it's like some oh, yeah. weird shifty. There's sand, actually right? there's a good. I, you'd have to go track it down. I mean, it, like, is it really this bottomless pit that will like consume you? I and think never it's, let it's you just about suffocation. I think, like, I don't think you just. But mm. uh, but there's a good. Um, 
This American Life story from a couple of years ago, where it was like someone really dove into this. They were like, when I was a child, I thought I, I, there was a hundred percent certainty that someday I would die from kick, oh, quicksand, yeah. and it was just about. The whole story was about him figuring out, like, why that danger just sort of evaporated over time. Like, why mm. it disappeared from pop culture and stuff like that, which was, like, an interesting story. Why? Just better storytellers? I think so. I mean, less, less TV ability, writers yeah. from the 70s. Just less yeah. cliches, you know? Right, like, right. people just trying to find new ways to tell, to inject danger in, like, adventure stories and stuff like but that. But someone needs to make a platformer now where when you go into the quicksand, you sink when you move, and you have to mm. wait, and you'll float back up. Yeah. That's going to be a whole new genre in and of itself. <laughs> right. uh, Mason Parker says, hey, Mason Parker here. I have a game for you guys. If you ever watch the show Jeopardy, you'll know what it is. But for those that aren't informed, it's called Before and After. It's simple. Your hint is a combination of two things where the answers are a combination of the first half of the hint and the second half of the hint to make one single title. Uh, so if the hint gave half of the info about Dungeons and Dragons and the other half was about Dragon's Dogma, the answer would be Dungeons and Dragons Dogma. Okay. okay. Got it? Yeah. I think I we think played so. b- this before at some point. Yeah. Okay. The Doug Loves Movies kind of game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, here we go. Protect your six cities using your own missiles to stop your enemy's missiles while choosing a side between the Brotherhood of Nod and Global Defense Initiative over control of a powerful crystal. Missile Command and Conquer. Yeah. Nice. Jeff Marquiafava, killing it. I had Missile Command, but I can't. <laughs> yeah. Take control of Billy Lee or his twin brother Jimmy also known as Hammer and Spike, as they fight against the Black Warriors gang, okay. who has teamed up with the villainous Android 21. And Double her- Dragon Ball Z fighters. There we go. Way to go, Kyle. Mm, did it. Join Mario or Luigi and their new writable friend Yoshi across Dinosaur Island to save Princess Peach while dealing with the war breaking out between the Horde and the Alliance. Super... Well, Mario <laughs> World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Your brain is more excited yeah, yeah. than you talk about. <laughs> Take control of engineer Isaac Clark as he travels to repair a space station that has gone dark after they found a strange artifact. He arrives to find the station is being attacked by a fleet of very slow-moving spaceships that descend. Dead space invaders. Yeah, oh, nice, way to nice. go, man! Can some old in this hardcore three-on-three basketball game played off the court. You can gain trick points or for fancy shots, or you can fight your opponents like Chun-Li or NBA, NBA Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. Oh. oh, man, we were like... <laughs> I'm sorry, it's NBA Street Fighter 2. Oh, is, is Chun-Li not in the first one or something? I don't know. Anyways, uh, play as the prince as he goes on a quest through time using his dagger of time to stop an alien threat that is using time crystals to wreak havoc on multiple time periods. Prince of Persia sends the time splitters? Yeah! Oh, nice. Oh. That was good. Wait, God, you guys are so much faster than I was expecting with this? All right, convicted criminal Lee Everett is saved from jail by the zombie apocalypse, eventually coming to take care of a young girl named Clementine as they use anything as a weapon and find... The Walking fu- Dead Island. And find funny outfits while fighting off crazed individuals oh, that God. control different parts of a zombie... Oh, The Walking Dead Rising. Yes! Uh, <laughs> Way to go with that. Thank you so much, Mason Parker. Killing it. Uh, what do you guys like for question of the week? The I Am 8-Bit question of the week. Mm. That one's pretty strong. Yeah, I think the other game was also surprisingly strong. Yeah, like the I selfishly like the other, the thesaurus game. The Jeff the M's uh, game. display of prowess at the other one yeah. was pretty You know, I, I'm good with that one. Okay. I like that one. The, I like Edgar Vasquez, the thing that you want to talk about more, but you're bad at talking about. I feel like we're getting into a rut of always choosing the game, which yeah. the game doesn't always win, but... 
you know, we just say it's whatever always, makes the show better, and it's tough yeah. for that not to be a game, you know? It's, well, I think the game's just more memorable, too. Yeah. 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 And also, it's not a bad thing to encourage people to send in more games. I also, so. we've kind of half said it now, and it would be a real dick move if we were <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, actually. Nah. I didn't like that one too much. All right, which one was that again? This is, of course, from Beefcakes. Congratulations. Beefcakes. You just won the Gone Home soundtrack. Congrats. Sounds like exactly what you're looking for with a name like Beefcake, so let's know how it goes there. That's sweet. Uh, okay, now it's something that we call Get a Load of This. Jeff Arkifab, you can kick it off. Helgeson, do you have something here? Uh, yeah. Great. Okay, go for it, Jeff. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. This is a terrible example for Helgeson to uh-huh. kick off with. Get a load of this. Yeah. Stop hoarding supplies for the coronavirus, <laughs> please. My my wife was telling me, well, first of all, we haven't been able to find toilet paper for like the past three weeks. Are you what? Are you talking? Where do you shop? Costco. Oh. Oh yeah. And and they really? just don't have any Somebody toilet paper. Somebody stole toilet paper from my porch to yesterday. That you had ordered or something? I just have like, like a normal amount. Because I get that like <laughs> I get that like uh you know, Amazon pantry like oh, yeah, yeah. subscription oh, yeah. bit. And so it might have been like twelve rolls or something. Yeah, it's gone. I yeah. think somebody took it. Oh, my God. But yeah. my, my wife was reading me a Facebook post of someone who had said his mom was crazy and she bought 45 bags of 50-pound rice from a store. Oh, my and God. And then he, he went to the store the next day and she had... She had sworn, made him promise that he she, he would call if she, if they got more rice, and so he did, and because they had just gotten another shipment, and he bought another fifty bags for her of fifty pound rice. And what? And and he <laughs> also like rice, like one cup of rice makes a yes. lot yeah. of freaking <laughs> rice. Absurd, you know, like, rice probably amount. like triples in. You know, for whatever it is, dry yeah, bread, no, no. twipper, like, like, he, like, really likes That's, like, three seasons of Survivor yeah. right there. Wow. And, and so his his perspective from the post was, like, ha-ha, you know, my my mom is crazy, and now I look like I'm one of the crazy people. You are one of the crazy people, and it it super sucks because you're you're single-handedly causing a shortage yeah. when you do that. Yeah. These, these people are insane, and it's also it's also the fault of the of the stores too like you have to put a limit on this stuff oh interesting. because as soon as one person comes in and buys everything every other person who comes in is now going to think oh there's a shortage and if right. i find it i have to stockpile stuff and then i can't get any damn toilet paper and helgeson <laughs> gets his toilet paper stolen yeah right, so man. just be a nice human being and don't do this to people <laughs> good call so good get call. a lot of that love it uh you got one helgeson yeah, I, I see. I, don't, I didn't know that we had to set it up like get a load of this. It's yeah, it needs of, to be a whole pitch. It's, it's, very like, important. it's like a debate class. All right. It's not going to really work that well. <laughs> you just said like a fun fact. Okay, whatever. Get a load of this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. are some of the actors who were once considered for James Bond, the role Ooh, of James Bond over love the years. It. Cary Grant, okay. the classics. Yeah, okay, that worked. Yeah. Yeah. This one. Dick Van Dyke. Oh, that's a bad, With like an accent? Bad. The Bernie oh supporter? Oh my God. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's what he's known for. That's, that's his big um, thing now. Yeah. Uh, Clint Eastwood. That's good. I okay. thought they had to I be mean, British. I mean, I see why he was up for it, but also I, did, I feel yeah. like that wouldn't yeah. work. It'd be weird. He yeah. doesn't seem suave to me. No. I mean, no Bond has not been British, right? No one's been faking an accent or anything? Mm. I mean, they got mad well, I guess, like Sean Connery. Sean Connery, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Burt Reynolds. Again, it's American. Huh. It's weird. Yeah. We, I believe, brought up his son today, uh, James Brolin. Really? Yep. 
Okay. A lot I of Americans, I didn't really... I can yeah. see that one. I mean, I can uh, see a lot of these. But then yeah. again, you know, like, I guess British actors do American accents all the time. Yeah. Uh, this one's another one. Mel Gibson, who Yeesh. turned it down because he was so uh, flush with... Uh, Kind of his action movie, you know, like Lethal, Lethal Weapon. Weapon yeah. Like yeah. Like, he was probably, I think now, he was probably think, up right? for like when Timothy Dalton would have gotten it. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Australian this one I like, Sam Neill. Oh, man. Now we're talking. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. This one I'm surprised didn't happen. Ray Fiennes. Yeah. yeah he looks he like, just seems mm-hmm. like. You just put a suit on him anyway. This yeah. is another one that I'm surprised didn't happen. And apparently this didn't happen because of another movie, which you'll know. Uh, Ewan McGregor. But this would have been with Craig, so he was kind of too. Uh, so did he he fell Star Wars. He went Star Wars. Yeah. Well, he was. I think he was in the middle of that like commitment or whatever. Yeah. Because yeah, so. you know Craig. I mean, what Casino Royale was two thousand six or something. So maybe it was like towards yeah. the end of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe he was just also off like a big blockbuster and didn't like want right. to commit to this yeah. whole big deal. I don't. I I like Ewan McGregor. I don't think that's right though. I don't think yeah. he's. See, I feel enough. like he would have. I don't know. He's a good actor. Yeah. And once again, Hugh Jackman. Oh, Joel from The Last of Us. Yeah, that's right. the guy from the, the Greatest Entertainer, the World's Greatest Showman. Yeah, that weird silent film. Yeah, the silent film. Yeah. It's kind of like when a movie goes retro and does like black and white. Oh, this yeah, one yeah. is what really retro and did silent. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's kind of, a cool yeah, list. Yeah, awesome. yeah, I got a lot of that, man. Yeah, Kyle. Uh, uh, this is a, this is a quick one. Get a load of this. Uh, this is actually from February nineteenth. This was just a tweet I pocketed a while ago because I thought it was interesting. It's from uh, Chris Kohler from Kotaku. Yeah. Kobun Heat. Uh, thanks to its newfound worldwide popularity by appearing in Splatoon 2, the NES Zapper, which never came out in Japan, now sells for a bunch of money on Japanese sites where it's tagged with NZAP and Splatoon. Oh, Isn't that wild? Weird. So, like, those things were, like, like you couldn't not find one of those in people's houses here in America. But I guess because of Splatoon... So they it, didn't have Duck Hunt in I guess, Japan? I guess not. Or Weird. They, yeah. I, I I don't know the full history of it, but I was like, oh, that's that's bizarre that it's now become this like weird thing. Oh, you know that, what, though? I suppose like they don't duck hunt in Japan. They don't shoot ducks. Yeah, yeah they probably don't shoot ducks. They probably don't have like guns in that way. I was thinking with that. Like yeah. in terms of like the IP that's got to be the top of the list for like highest selling that has never come back, really. Yeah. You know, Link's crossbow training, there was like, was there a nod to it with something with the? Oh, I don't remember. But anyway, just think about that. And it's like, but well, that it's just... wasn't even close to like yeah. Duck Hunt. I mean, Duck mm-hmm. Hunt was everywhere. But can you imagine another company having IP like Duck Hunt just being like, ah, oh, we're not going to touch it. But I'm sure it is. Just like <laughs> Miyamoto is like a vegetarian. Like you I know, don't want to go near IP. it. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's the rich. The, how could they leave behind the rich lore and universe <laughs> of Duck Hunt? I know. We're trying to squeeze anything for money. Like that's like, something that everyone yeah, has told before. The, and they're yeah. not I feel like it. I feel like Duck Hunt has been back. I, I feel like I've seen Duck Hunt. Well, because of Smash some, Brothers. I feel like yeah, I saw yeah. it in something else, though. Oh, really? I yeah. swear to God, over the years. Mm, I don't know. I'm going to look it up. That okay. is interesting, though. Yeah, uh, I thought that was cool. I saw a tweet this morning uh, from Sid Meier. You know, his flame wars Spell it. warring. On, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Anyway, so Sid Meier tweeted, Hey, it was a pleasure working with W.W. Norton on, quote, Sid Meier's memoir. Revisiting <laughs> memories of the early days of making games really gave me a greater appreciation of how far we've come. The book is available on uh, September 8th, 2020, and up for pre-order now. That's cool. But I just I feel like I've been screaming with this for so long that we need more memoirs. We need more yeah. of the old-timers in the video game industry writing books. Like Absolutely. Sid Meier's like a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to read the hell out of that book. That'll be fascinating. And that's a really great title, too. Like, Yeah. Yeah, it's of perfect. course. It's got yeah. it all. Yeah. He's like, like the nicest guy, too. I remember interviewing him. He's just like absolutely like the most humble, like just nice guy, man. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. No, I mean, I think it's a serious... Uh, no problem, really. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of these guys, you know, are starting to get up to the age where some of them are passing away, and like I just don't think it was ever 
I mean, if you if you went to a, a library in, in like you know, a, a, like say a, like a large New York library, like I mean, the movie industry, like mm-hmm. that section of the library would just be absolutely. I mean, Jesus Christ, like yeah, it'd just be miles. You know what I mean? Like, there's probably like fifty Marilyn Monroe alone biographies. Yeah, I bet. it wouldn't surprise me. You know what I mean? And there's like hardly. I mean, legitimate game books. It's it's tiny. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's Frank Cifaldi from the Video Game History Foundation. He was. Talking about it, that's under fifty. I bet it's under, oh, yeah, like in terms sure. of like there's like Phoenix by Leonard Herman, like Steve Kent's book, and some of those kind of like general histories. But yeah, yeah but, I mean, if there's a hundred, I'd be surprised that we're like yeah, same. really well done, and especially like that autobiography style. Yeah, like, not man, hardly I mean, any. Talk about like a life like Mark Cerny, like Jesus Christ, yeah. that guy has seen everything from an entire medium's history. Like mm-hmm, get mm-hmm. that guy, some ghostwriter or something, like just crank it out of him. Helgeson, why not yeah, write a book? That man? would be great. I'd love to. Would you really? Yeah, do it. That'd be fun. Do it right now. Cerny's, I mean, Cerny's an interesting guy. Yeah. I'll say about writing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. your own, not, not writing it for somebody. Oh, Cerny. no, 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 no. I thought you meant ghostwriting for somebody. No, I would no, actually no. genuinely love to do that. I'd love to ghostwrite somebody's biography. I think it'd be super fun. Yeah. Actually. Would you ever consider writing your own book about your time in the industry or something? No. I don't I think, hey, no. But don't you think this is a little bit of the problem? Like, we look up to you for your crazy history in the industry, and I feel like... Like, just you saying that you saw Grand Theft Auto 3 basically before anyone is like... That's six chapters that's I would crazy read right us. there. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, you know. but I mean, I, I, I guess I meant more like people that actually made the game. So, you know right, I mean? like, yeah, right. Well, I want both. But I think everybody just has that attitude of like, well, my life isn't special enough to write a book about it, you know? But it's like, Jesus Christ, no. somebody has to have a little about, bit of like, an ego What about here. Andy Mack? 100%. Yeah, you've had I mean, that. I've, I've mean, heard you seen, have that like, He's seen 10 things for every one thing I've seen. Yeah. It was crazy. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, I, Maybe I, I hope he does. I'll go through Andy's autobiography. autobiography. Yeah, don't even go. tell him. Yeah, don't <laughs> even do tell him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, Jeff. Hey. Do you have the community to oh, get a load of this? Oh, we got a community. Oh. Get a load of this. So this is a new thing where now every round of get a load of this, we're also going to include one from the community. Mm-hmm. There is a special mm-hmm. channel in the Discord, which you get access to if you support us on Patreon. And then people, it's just a constant stream of interesting little factoids. And so Jeff, um, every week, is going to choose out... Choose his absolute favorite and then read it as the community suggestion. Yes. This one I picked because Matt Helgeson is here today. <gasps> wow. Uh, okay. So the user who submitted it was Super Dak, and it is a tweet from someone named Nick Ciarelli. But uh, the tweet says, video game reviewer from 2006. And then a fake quote. Okay. <laughs> this game made me want to hurl my controller across the room like a psycho monkey who got caught spanking the monkey. <laughs> video game reviewer today my divorce taught me that sometimes the journey is the reward and so did this steam title <laughs> we really have changed a lot that's too good yes that's but then, that did right. remind me of some of the old stories and flipping through old game informers oh, and some just, of the review some of the writing is just unbelievable <laughs> bad. I mean it's just unbelievable I remember um, a long time ago you were talking about man. my friend Grant's obsessed with this because you were talking about how in some old E3 preview you were talking about the Sega Skullduggery at E3 and he just loved it <laughs> Skullduggery oh my god uh, yeah it was some of the old writings it's rough go yeah it's a rough go hey. it's a rough go hey Helgeson thanks for being here man yeah it was great it. thanks, thanks, for, thanks for having me everybody it was yeah. fun and uh Tune into Mintrax. There we around. go. And I'll probably I'll probably be around some more now. So it was really, it was fun, guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. First episode of Mintrax is going to be airing on Friday. Um, and also it's produced by Jason Daphnis, which yes. you mentioned. So he's yes. 
Uh, he's going to be sweating the most trying to get those clips ready to play and stuff Yeah, it's like going to be that. tough. So, It'll be tough. Yeah, but please check it out. Sweet. Um, and also, thanks to $50 supporters on Patreon. I am 8-Bit, of course. Seth Walker, Beaten Down Brian, The Smack, Juar Hello, Mark Seliga, Jesse Vitale, Zachary Pliggy, Mirko Enrico Torino, Rob Hudak, The Rook, uh, and David Lacolucci. Thank you so much. Those are the Wall of Heroes. I'm sorry, the $50 supporters, so their name's in the credits, but we thought we'd give them a shout-out as well. So yeah, why not? Nice. Yeah. If you want to hear your name next month, uh, consider supporting us. Even if it's just for one month, we'd appreciate it. All right, thanks so much, everybody. Be good, everyone. Bye. Let's go. Thank you. Bye.